Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, Star Trek and Star Trek news on movies and television screens everywhere. And joining us today for this celebration of current modern Star Trek is Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you Ooh, doing today, sir? Yeah. Live long <laughs> and prosper. Sitting beside him, the second biggest Star Trek fan. I don't know. For him, this is Halo Day. Oh, Halo, baby. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, Ray or of course can be joining you guys in the live chat and for those of you who are watching live he's gonna be in there in that live chat with you guys hanging out and also sitting beside them she's totally into quiet place <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it's chris carr i've chris seen Hayden. him so many times in my mind so many times in your mind and i'm of course uh here to be your guide along this whimsical journey that we're going to take today and guys it is awesome to have you guys here thank you for being here and making today's show part of your day listen here's how today's show is going to go we break it up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. If you've got a live comment or question you've got, you, you want to ask, and by the way, you've got to be watching live, and only if you're watching live, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature over there in the YouTube live chat. We're going to have it open for the next minute <laughs> until we reach our limit because you guys have already been firing in a lot of comments and questions. So get on over there, fire it in now, and we will get to those when we get to the end of our main topics today. Also, a little bit of housekeeping. Of course, if you guys need your daily fix of the John Campus Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting or you're jogging or whatever, good news, there's the audio-only version known as the John Campus Show Podcast, and it is available wherever you guys find your podcast. Just go into your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campus Show, and subscribe to it today. Also, guys, we launched a new podcast feed. Brand new podcast feed. Really? Now, for those of you who follow the channel, you know, last week we started to do a new show here on the channel called Movie Club. Last week, we started off with the great Russell Crowe film Gladiator. Yesterday, we kicked things off with Iron Man 1 as our second episode. So we've got Gladiator and Iron Man 1 up. So if you want to listen to those in podcast form, though... You can get them in podcast form now, too. It's just called Movie Club, a John Campion Show podcast. You can go onto your favorite podcasting app of choice and find it. And, guys, I'm actually going to ask you guys for a favor. We want to kick this thing off huge. So can you guys help us out by going on to whatever podcasting app you use, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts, find Movie Club, a John Campion Show podcast, subscribe to it even if you're going to watch it on the youtube channel but subscribe to it five star it do all that kind of stuff because it'll help get the word out about the new podcast feed and it'll help us out a bunch if you guys do that and thank you to everybody who's been watching movie club like i i i talked to rob i said i kind of hope we get like five thousand people watching an episode we've been getting twenty thousand views per per uh, per episode on it. it's been a lot of fun it's been going great so thank you to all you guys who've been participating in that it's a lot of fun to do. I Good really conversation. Really love doing it. All right, guys. With that all down, let's start getting into our topics today, shall we? And we're going to start things off here with a couple of off the tops. And our first off the top is this. You guys probably heard that Paramount did a whole bunch of announcements yesterday. And we're going to get to a bunch of those. They talked Quiet Place. They talked Halo. They talked Star Trek. A lot of stuff. 
But one of the things they mentioned that isn't getting a lot of attention right now is their plans for Sonic. Now, the first Sonic movie that came out, I didn't have a lot of faith in it, and I still don't think it was, like, amazing, but it was a very charming, funny little film that I actually enjoyed quite a bit watching. It was really much, much better than I thought it would be, and I quite enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. Well, I guess Paramount is pretty bullish on the whole property because they are moving forward with a couple of projects. First of all, they're moving ahead with Sonic the Hedgehog 3. They've already greenlit it. They've already said that is coming. They are doing Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and it's already in development. But on top of that, they're establishing, as Ray called it before the show started, the cuckoo. <laughs> the cuckoo. It is the, what is it? The, the quiet cinematic universe. Oh, no, that was no, different. Sorry, that, that was the cuckoo yeah. for the quiet place. We're going to talk about that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We're talking about the Sonic Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, my bad. The SCU. Because they are, they are going to be launching on Paramount Plus an Idris Elba-voiced Knuckles series. This comes to us from the folks over at The Verge who wrote the following. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 won't be the only time we get to hear Knuckles voiced by Idris Elba. At an investor's uh, presentation on Tuesday, Paramount announced that the series focused on the red, I never know how to say this, and, and echidna. Echidna. Mm -hmm. I always just want to say enchilada. The red echidna <laughs> is in the works for its Paramount Plus streaming service, and Elba will prize his role. And that's not the only Sonic news from Paramount, even though we're still weeks away from the April 8th release of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Paramount also said Tuesday that a third movie is in development. So we've got Sonic 2 coming. If you're a Sonic person, we got Sonic 2, we got Sonic 3, and Idris Elba's Knuckles is getting his own series. I will say this. At least this isn't like some other properties that haven't even release, released their first project yet and have already announced eight other things coming. They did the first Sonic movie. It was received very well. Jim Carrey slays it. And it did fairly decently at the box office as well. Made over $300 million, if I'm not mistaken. So at least they've already got that. They've got a track record of success, so they feel confident moving forward. I'll tell you what. Do I have a lot of interest in a Knuckles spinoff series? No. But I'll tell you this. The one encouraging thing to me about this is that Paramount seems to get it where some studios don't. They understand, you know what? We do theatrical release films. Like, we do real movies that will support streaming stuff that we want to do. We don't have to pick one or the other. We can do both and. It's a both and game. And if we have like stuff like Sonic coming out on the big screen in the theaters, people going to see it, it's making box office news, it's making money for us, that will support when they launch Knuckles and probably make it even more successful than that. So listen, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm excited about Knuckles. I'm not, but it's a good plan. And I can totally see where they're coming from. They seem to have their head on straight when it comes to this. Anyway, Rob, you hear about this. First of all, what did you think about the first Sonic movie? Are you looking forward to a sequel? And what do you think about the plans of doing theatrical and streaming at the same time? Well, you know, John, I always say never put your universe before your characters and your story. But in the case, look, I thought the first Sonic movie, while perhaps not my thing, it was a pleasant surprise. It wasn't bad. It wasn't awful. It was not Super Mario Brothers, uh, the movie. <laughs> I, I, It was charming. Like you said, charming is a good uh, word. And I, I have to say, the sequel looks pretty dope. You know, there's there's Sonic's flying a plane or whatever. He's on a plane. Chaos is flying, <laughs> I mean, Chaos is flying the plane. I, Sonic's I, on top of it. Yeah, Sonic's on top of it. I'm looking forward to it. it, God it damn it. it, Rob, get your shit together. God. That's Tails flying the plane. 
you know, I, what can I tell you? I mean, I'm not as well versed in the Sonic franchise as I am in some other franchise. <laughs> yeah, true. But it looks good. I think the movie looks good. And Idris Elba is a great addition. Uh, and why not do it? But, you know, if they're making money on that and Sonic, I mean, Sonic is he is the character of a generation after all, John, who didn't play even I old as I am. Even I played Sonic. I played Hedgehog. Sonic. I think I, I don't know anybody fun that didn't game. play Sonic. It's fun game. Still it's so fun. great. It's Chris, still fun. what about you? You hear about this? Do you think this is the right approach? Are you looking forward to this? What are your thoughts? I'm definitely looking forward to this. Y'all know that I'm very in love with Ben Schwartz. So anything we can get ben him Schwartz to do. Ben Schwartz so great. Oh, give him all the money he wants. I adore that man. He he deserves this time in the spotlight. He's so talented. I'm really excited about this. I really, really think this will be a fun little cinematic universe. We have a lot of fun things to work with. Knuckles and the other echidnas, the chaos gems. We can do a lot here. Um, I am really sorry for everyone who is very attracted to Idris Elba as they should be because you're about to be sexually attracted to an echidna. It's going to get are weird you, for you. Are we sure it's not enchilada? I don't know. I've seen some TikTok videos that are a lot less weird than that. Too. <laughs> Let's face it. This isn't the weirdest thing you found me doing. Uh, but anyway, a little throwback to our, to our uh, movie club episode yesterday. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this news? Are you looking forward to Sonic 2? Are you now looking forward to Sonic 3? Do you like the idea of them trying a spinoff series at the same time? Do you think they're getting ahead of themselves? Or do you think, hey, they already did the first movie and it worked? It's okay to plan ahead. However you guys are feeling about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that is this. You know, the other day, there was a, a poster came out. And it was to go with the trailer. And it was the poster that came out with the trailer was to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And it's a beautiful poster. My goodness, I, I wish the people who made the Morbius poster would have looked at like <laughs> this poster. Mm -hmm. But this poster is a thing of beauty. It's, it's symbolic, it's imagery, and it's just gorgeous to look at. But at any rate, this image and this poster kicked off a bit of a game that started running around the internet of, what Easter eggs are in the mirror shards? And it ranges from the plausible to the utterly ridiculous. Let's, let me start with one thing, though. Somebody the other day on the John Campius show wrote in and suggested that Captain, or Captain Carter's shield was in it. And I dismissed it. I said, ah, you know, America Chavez is in it. They're going to get a lot of the red, white, and blue and stuff like that. Ah, it, it's probably nothing. But... As Ray pointed out to me earlier, uh, upon further inspection, that person was absolutely right. I got to call them. I got to uh, give them props for it. They were absolutely right. Because, yes, down near the corner, the edge of Doctor Strange's cape, on the bottom right-hand, our right-hand side of the cape, there is a shard. And there is clearly, it's not just a Union Jack, it's clearly Captain Carter's shield. I mean, that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, before... I, I just want to give credit to whoever sent it, uh, one of our viewer, viewers, Cam K. So thanks for sending that in. Uh, I, I never would have seen that. So. Yeah, and look, I, I saw, I looked I looked closely at the poster. I didn't see it before. And then it got pointed out to me exactly where it was. I zoomed in, take, and yep, sure enough, there it is. That's absolutely 100%. There's no, there's no getting around that. There's no other explanation for it. Like sometimes we can see a piece of imagery and say, yeah, that could be that, but it could also be this, this, or this. I don't know what else that could be. So I think it's pretty clear that a Captain Carter is going to be popping up in here. But what has also been a point of debate, though, is the idea that Deadpool 
is also in it. And I heard this, and you know, I you know, I bring up the image, and I start hunting around, and I start searching, and I start searching, and I start searching, and F, I can't find it anywhere, like nowhere. So then somebody brings up this image and says, "Oh, this is it. This is it." What? Uh, <laughs> Really? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Can't you see him? I mean, is that in, really it? In like the a one? magic eye kind of sense, if I get close to it and cross my eyes, I'm like, "Oh, it's a Deadpool." I Yeah, I, I It's a little reflection. I what Okay, so there's a white dot. There's some black and there's some red. Okay, if you look at Deadpool, there's there's a couple of white dots and there's some red and there's some black. But I mean, if we look at this poster as a whole, there's a lot of red and black. This poster as a whole, there's an awful lot of red and black. So I am not telling anybody that there is no way Deadpool is in this, okay? There is as much of a possibility of Deadpool appearing in this movie as anybody else appearing in this movie, all right? But I am going to say, if he's in this movie, this is not our indicator that he's in this movie. That, that I, no. <laughs> Just... No, that ain't Deadpool. Deadpool, hey, he could pop up. He could. But let me visit this for a second, because I'm going to ask you guys in here whether you think that's Deadpool or not. But I also want to ask you another question is this. Do you see that Deadpool could be a fit to be in a movie like this? And because I'm of two minds on that, on whether or not Deadpool could be a fit. On the one hand, I'm like, no, this is a darker borderline horror, uh, kind of twisted, supernatural thing. Deadpool popping up in this makes no sense thematically, temperature-wise, DNA-wise. Deadpool doesn't match at all, okay? So that's the one side of my brain. On the other side of my brain is, well, you know what Marvel does better than anybody? And they take criticism for it when really it's a strength. They know how to balance out light with heavy. Whenever you're an MCU film and things start to get too light, something heavy happens. When you get into an MCU film and it starts to get really heavy, boom, they throw in a moment of levity. Doctor Strange right now looks like a lot of heavy. What could counterbalance that better than a, than a suddenly a red-masked, white-eyed guy coming around, sticking his head around the corner going, hi, and something like that. I mean, that is kind of what MCU does best. So I'm going to lean towards, I don't think Deadpool pops up in this, but I am definitely saying there is no way I think this part of the image is an indication of Deadpool. Chris, you see the image. A couple of questions here. You mm -hmm. see the image. So number one, do you think that image, do you see Deadpool in it? But then number two, could you see this, regardless of this image, could you see Deadpool popping up in a movie like this? I mean, when you see the image, if someone tells you, hey, that's Deadpool, you can go, yeah, I guess that could be Deadpool. It also could be Spider-Man. We can go back to that comic yeah. book trope of them being confused for each other. Um, if anyone's going to be able to bring Deadpool into this MCU, right, into all of these movies, it's Sam Raimi, though. Or Raimi, excuse me. Uh, he would do an excellent job bringing in that weird and wonderful character into his kind of horror universe that he's creating here. So I could see him being a fit. And if anyone's going to traverse the multiverse, why not Deadpool? Rob, you're seeing this. You saw this image. Number one, do you think this image is Deadpool? Then beyond that, regardless of the image, could you see Deadpool playing a role in Multiverse of Madness? Dude, I, I look at this poster and it's become like a litmus test. I see the Spice <laughs> Girls, including Jerry Hallowell. Uh, I see an entire reunion there. I, I mean, I look at it. Sometimes I see 
I, would love uh, I, mean, I can't even tell you some of the people I see in this poster. Every time I look at it, it's different. Maybe that's the point because it is, after all, the multiverse of madness. I don't know what it's doing to my brain. Maybe it's some weird deep AI thing. That, But could it be Deadpool? <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, it could be Spider-Man. It could be Deadpool. It could be Bruce Campbell as Ash from the Evil Dead because why not? It's Sam Raimi. Yeah. You know, Or it could be Liam Neeson as Darkman, which is another Sam Raimi <laughs> movie. I mean, why not? At this point... It could be anybody. It is the multiverse, after all, which means anybody who ever lived. Genghis Khan. In any movie. movie. In any movie. I mean, mean, here's the thing. I I think, again, like with the Spider-Man speculation, God bless Marvel. Because if any company understands how to have fun with its fan base, the people over at Marvel do. Mm -hmm. You know who knows, John? Kevin Feige. Well, let let me push on it a little bit, though. Okay, so let's move beyond the image itself. Is Doctor Strange... From what we've seen in the trailers and what we know of it, is Doctor Strange 2 a movie you could see a Deadpool popping up in? No, is that I, a fit, not a fit? How do you see it? In all seriousness, this this movie does look, as you put it, heavy. It is very heavy. And I think even, even Spider-Man No Way Home was pretty heavy. But the emotional core of that was the three Spider-Men, the brotherhood that, that they established. I think with the tone of this film... I think if Deadpool shows up, it'll be brief and it will be something that we can all, the way Wolverine would show up in the X-Men first class films. You know, it'd show up, brief cameo, and then be gone. I think that could absolutely, that Deadpool could show up, give his commentary, like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I mean, I know that guy, but I don't know anyone else who's here. I mean, Xavier's here, he wouldn't even come into my movies. And then, you know, he leaves or something like that. But I don't think that Deadpool would play a major part in the film only because I think it would derail the tone that they're going for. I mean, John, you've got Wanda dealing with her grief. You've got Doctor Strange messing with reality. You've got Mordo wanting to get rid of him. You've got the Illuminati. This is going to be it's going to be bonkers. And the craziness of the whole scenario is what's going to alleviate the heaviness. And putting Deadpool in it, it might, if he's more than just a fun cameo, he might skew the whole tone that they're going mm. for. But I could see him show up and do do some crazy thing. Something crazy. Something. Yeah. I could see. And people are going to be like, who's that? You know, or uh, it, it could be fun. I mean, we'll love it. But would it, it's going to be tough to, but if anybody could pull it off. Sam Raimi would figure out, like you said, he's the guy. He to do would it. figure yeah. out if a way gonna to do, do it. If he's going to do it, he's the guy to do it. Yeah. I got to go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if you're reading the chat, but a lot of people are saying that the creator of Deadpool on Christian. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. He he said Deadpool is in it. I don't know. He's he's said a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I just going to leave it at that. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not, I, just, I just needed to I'm point it saying, out. I'm not saying that does or doesn't mean anything. I, I'm just saying. Rob Liefeld has said a lot of stuff. Okay, God, I love Rob Liefeld. He was on Heroes. He, once. We had him in the studio. I, I yeah, absolutely. Rob. He's a super nice guy. And he, Rob, told me the single funniest story. I, I literally laughed for twenty minutes while he told me. I asked him a question about something he did in nineteen ninety four at Comic Con. He told me a, a story that I want him to film. And I love Rob Liefeld, but you know what? In I think in Rob's mind, Deadpool's everywhere. Yeah, in the air. <laughs> And everywhere. And but, God bless. And he remember, too, like it was just about a year ago, he was like blasting Marvel about what's going on with Deadpool. Uh, and, you know, again, listen, I he's he's been in. I've met the guy. He's super nice, super talented. I got not, not a bad thing to say about him. I'm saying 
just because he said something about something doesn't necessarily mean I, I'm not going to take it with a big grain of salt at this yeah. point. If Deadpool is in Doctor Strange, Rob's going to get paid, and I'm all for that. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that too. All about that. Anyway, guys, the quite oh, you know what? I forgot. There was there was this great meme I saw online yesterday. I cannot remember where it was, but it's several. Uh, what do you call a, a box of uh, in a, a comic book? It's called panel. Is it a panel? Yeah, yeah. Panel, panel. Several panels, right? Panel one. It's Wanda talking to Strange, saying, when you break the rules, you're a hero. Next panel. When I break the rules, I'm the enemy. Doesn't seem fair. Next panel, son, Dr. Strange. Lady, I did everything for the greater good. You did it to play house with your dead husband and your fake kids. And it's like, that's, I laughed a lot when I read that. Somebody (laughs) tweeted me a meme today that had uh, Professor Xavier uh, talking to Spider-Man. And Xavier just says, and now I'm the first movie in the MCU. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> and I'm like, I love that one. I saw that. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this debate raging across the internet about is Deadpool in the poster for Doctor Strange 2? And regardless of whether you think he's in the poster or not, do you think he could fit into the movie? It doesn't seem to fit in one way, but the other hand, it would be a great juxtaposition against that other heaviness in the film. How do you guys feel about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comments section below and leave your thoughts there. Boss Logic should put the Spice Girls in that poster. Just, just for me. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just, just for saying. me. I'm just Spice saying. Spice Girls should be in there. With Spice Jerry Halliwell. All right, guys, with that down, before we go into our main topics here today, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's show. Ann and I love these guys because it's delicious. Our good friends over at HelloFresh. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So guys, look, my wife Ann and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use the promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's again, HelloFresh.com slash Campia16 and use that promo code Campia16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So remember guys, go and visit that. Use the Campia promo code. It supports them and it supports the channel. And uh, thank you again to HelloFresh for being a sponsor of today's episode of the John Campia Show. All right, with that down, let's move into our main topics today. How do we select our main topics here on the John Campia Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, you can just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, 
And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? First one comes from James Hardy. Hi, John and crew. I have just seen an announcement from Variety that we will be getting a Quiet Place 3 for Mr. John Krasinski. Apparently announced a Paramount Pictures Investors Day presentation. I loved the first movie and its sequel. I know you like this franchise, so are you pumped for this? My only concern is this may start feeling like The Walking Dead and lose that initial vibe and shock. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, look, if you guys remember all the way back to 2018, I believe it was, when the first Quiet Place came out. I mean, the trailers looked really good. And like John Krasinski, and he was directing it and all that kind of stuff, it ended up being my number one favorite movie of the year. Number one favorite movie of the year. It was that at number one, uh, Black Klansman at number two, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse at number three. And I think that was the same year that uh, Infinity War came out. And I think that was the same year that Black Panther came out. But that was my top three. For me, A Quiet Place was the best movie of the year. I, I was amazed by what John Krasinski was able to do with tension, with silence, with imagery. I mean, again, to me, in a world where it's like, ooh, who can design the scariest monster? And, ooh, look at them rip the belly out of that guy. The scariest, most body reactionary thing I've seen in a horror movie maybe ever in my whole life was Emily Blunt walking barefoot down a set of stairs and the camera zooms in and you see there's a nail sticking up out of one of the stairs and she's just carrying her laundry down and as her foot goes on it, my body reacted in like, like nothing I've ever seen in any other kind of horror film. Simple, perfect, pure imagery that John Krasinski was able to do and how he pulled that off, I absolutely loved it. Then they did A Quiet Place 2. I am still not sure whether or not I like it as much as number one, but either way, I loved it. Absolutely loved Quiet Place 2. Now, we've known that there was another spinoff coming, and that's coming out next year, I think. But now there's actually a pure Quiet Place 3 also coming in 2025. This comes from the folks over at The Hollywood Reporter who said the following. A Quiet Place 3 is officially in the works with a target release date of 2025. Filmmaker uh, Reed Richards, no, no John Krasinski. Uh, filmmaker John Krasinski announced <laughs> the news during a Paramount Investor Day on Tuesday. No writer or, or director has been announced, though it seems that Krasinski would be a natural choice. Since launching in 2018, the A Quiet Place franchise has become a crown jewel for Paramount, which also has a spinoff from Pig director Michael Sinoski in the works for 2023 based on an idea from Krasinski. This is, of course, The Cuckoo, uh, the first Quiet Place co-written by Krasinski and the team of Brian Woods and Scott Beck turned the filmmaker into an A-list director. It earned rave reviews and $340.9 million globally for a little horror film. It did absolutely remarkable. I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this. I, I have not felt it all. Like Even after watching the second one, I've never felt for a second this has played out. Now, the person in the in the comments brings up The Walking Dead. You got to understand it's not an apples and apples comparison because The Walking Dead every year puts out how many episodes? I'm going to guess. I don't even know what it is. I'm going to guess. So they split it over two seasons. I mean, how are two sections? Or I don't know. 12 a year. Thank so God. they I, I, for argument's sake, there might be like funny. 18 to be honest. Uh, maybe for argument's sake, I'll say 12 a year. So they have literally 
you could have sat down to watch Walking Dead or fear The Walking Dead a hundred times. Probably if you combine the two things, like a hundred different times. Quiet Place I've been able to go watch twice over the span of three and a half years. So, no, I, I really don't think there's the same kind of danger of that as in with Walking Dead, even though they're doing a third. What is interesting is that they're doing the spinoff and A Quiet Place 3. So I guess they're going to kind of, I'm, I'm assuming, and you know what they say about assuming, it makes an ass out of you and you. So I am assuming here that the idea is the next Quiet Place being directed by the pig director is going to be set with other characters in a different part of the world experiencing these events. And then... Getting back to A Quiet Place 3, I think we're probably going to come back to the Emily Blunt family. At least that's my guess at this point. Rob, you hear about this. What do you think about it? And I got to say, announcing a film for 2025 seems a little far off. Like, it's not often they, they announce a film that's three years off. But whatever. What do you think about this news in general and their approach? Well, I heard that this is actually about the remnants of the world's military employs a Norwegian death metal band to stage concerts so they can bring the creatures all into one place and exterminate them. That's brilliant. And I thought, that's a gr- I'll listen to that. It's got to be Death Clock. Uh, well, you know? Death Clock. Death Clock, there you go. I just, I thought that was, why wouldn't you do that? Why would you not employ a loud metal band to just, as a lure? I don't know, John. I, I think that A Quiet Place 2 was surprisingly effective and it had some really great stuff in it the first movie is terrific but and like you said you don't know if it's played out i just i I can understand why they're going to close this one out but at the end of the day i i would like to know something more beyond the scenario because i get it already and i i don't know what they're going to do but again if it's a great story with great characters. I mean, we can follow the same family, but what are they going to do? Run away from these monsters again? It's, I don't know. But I mean, look, I, I, I mean, yes, they are going to do that, but you know, we, we can say that and I'm right with you. I'm right with you there. And, but you and I can both say that, but then they have something on TV called all of us are dead, which is literally the same thing that happens every episode. Yeah, or, but, or Walking Dead, but, or whatever. But you, like you said, in part two, they did expand it. They started, for, they found other people. The whole right. idea of it, and then what their character journeys are. Like for instance, the daughter. Uh, what's her, something Simmons? What's I keep forgetting the daughter's name. But anyway, uh, the actress who plays the daughter I should say. As long as they keep the focus, because this has been one of the great things I think about the Quiet Place movies is that it hasn't been about the monsters. No, of course, it's been about the family and their yeah. journey. And if they can do that, because you're right, if it all, if it just starts to become about who are the monsters killing this time, that's going to get real stale real fast. I mean, if they can, if they can figure out some way, not to get too highfalutin, but as as humanity exists within this world, how does this situation change? humanity how does it change the family unit when you have to already as you grow older and 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 you deal with your family it's one thing but if you can make this a big allegory as to you know what it means to become an adult or something i mean there's got to be something more going on it just seems like this scenario is like i get it are they going to make it work a third time maybe they must if krasinski's involved he might have already had an idea i you know he wrote the journal of the wills of the quiet place franchise he's got it all <laughs> mapped out little lucasfilm there reference for those who didn't know what he was talking about anyway guys question is for you what do you think about this we have not one but two new quiet place universe movies what was it the quiet uh, cooking cuckoo. cuckoo 
And what does it stand for? Cinematic Universe. Quiet, quiet cinematic. cinematic Universe. Quiet you cinema and the cuckoo. Whatever. The cuckoo. We got it's two of them Q-U, coming. Uh, uh, it would be Q U C U. The Q U C. That's right. The Q U C U. That's right. I like it. The cuckoo. So anyway, guys, we got two movies coming. There's the spinoff that's going to be directed by the pig director, and we got a legitimate Quiet Place three. They're suggesting it's probably going to be John Krasinski. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. How do you guys feel about it? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This is Hayden Wilson. That's my brother's name. Hi, Hayden. I'm seeing on Twitter some set photos of Keaton, maybe his stunt double, in action. And it is amazing. It is so cool to see this after 30 years since he's been don he's donned the suit. What are your thoughts? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, listen, one of the, the pieces of news or information that has like exploded the most enthusiasm, obviously, Andrew and Toby and Spider-Man, there's just been a recent big burst with uh, us seeing Professor Charles Xavier uh, in the Doctor Strange 2 thing. But the other thing has got to be when word came out that Michael Keaton was going to come back and be Batman again. A Michael Keaton in his 70s, which may make you scratch your head. But then when I saw him in The Protégé with Maggie Q, and he's kicking ass, and I'm like, yeah, this guy can still be Batman. This, Because I'm telling you, when you see The Protégé, I know a lot of you guys didn't, but you watch Michael Keaton starting to do like his fight scenes with Maggie Q and everything too, it's like, he made it believable. Yeah. Like I legitimately thought this man, this old man, kick our asses. And kind of sexy. And kind of sexy. Kind I wasn't of sexy. ready for it where I was like, what is happening? I know, because you got you got a 70-year-old Michael Keaton, and he's sitting down in, at this dinner table, this one scene in Protégé, right? With Maggie Q, and you're like, damn, she's falling in love with him. Right? And I buy it, because I think I'm falling in love oh with him. Oh, my God. Like, he was, he was <laughs> suave and slick. He's so and, charming. He rolled all the charisma points. And, and so, yeah, he could still be Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He Not only can he put on a Batman cowl, that dude can still be Bruce Wayne. So we're all looking forward to that. But then came news that not only was he going to be Batman again in The Flash, he's going to be Batman in the upcoming HBO Max Batgirl movie with J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. It's like, what? And so a bunch of pictures have come out of him, at least his character, in the Batsuit and I got to say, the suit looks great. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to go for a mixture of what the old Keaton suit was, because I, I really prefer like the tactical Ben Affleck Batman suit and stuff yeah. like that. But if you're going to try to recapture some of the nostalgia of the Keaton era Batman and then make it a little darker and a little more badass, whatever, I think this is a really good looking suit. Now, this this must be coming from a scene that must be a flashback because JK's got a lot of hair on his head. In these pictures, a lot of hair on his head. So I'm guessing this is some kind of maybe a minor flashback. I don't know. But I'm looking at this. You got the sculpted chest. Absolutely. I, I did a big zoom in on these things. Like I, I took, I brought it into Photoshop. I did a big kind of spectral analysis of it. There are no nipples. I can report to you today. <laughs> there are no nipples. This is a breaking news. No nipples. Nipple watch. Uh, <laughs> We can we can assure you and and confirm there are no nipples on this Nipple Batman watch. suit, which is really really good. Um, I I'll tell you what, see look we've talked about Michael Keaton as Batman, 
We've seen the concept art of Michael Keaton as Batman. We've we've talked about Michael Keaton as Batman. Seeing the pictures. Now, and that might be, I don't know if that's actually him in the suit or if that's a, a, just a fill-in for the day in the costume. I, I don't know. That's a very Michael Keaton-looking chin. If, if it is a stand-in, yeah. they did a great job finding someone who's got that Michael Keaton jawline. But either way, actually seeing him here is the tangibilization of it. It's like, oh my God, it's real. Look at this. It's real. And oh, it makes yeah. me wonder, and again, just to confirm for those of you just joining us right now, these are images for the Batgirl movie. This is not from The Flash. So it does raise some pretty fun questions. What is it? Is this the same look he's going to have in The Flash? Is he even the same Batman in the Batgirl movie as he is going to be in The Flash? Is that an HBO Max release only? The Batgirl? Yeah. Yes. It's not? Okay. It's an HBO Max movie that they're doing, limiting their... their uh, exposure i guess limiting the, the risk or whatever but i'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys i look at this i feel very happy it just makes me happy looking at those images anyway rob you had a chance to take a look at these batman images what are your thoughts it's kind of exciting you know i mean it's it's look i wonder john because i i feel nostalgia for it too but i wonder you know at the end of the day i hope it all works from a storytelling point of view but just seeing just seeing michael keaton in the bat suit again because I always wanted him to make a third movie. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. we're getting basically movies three and four in like the same year, maybe. I mean, there's a Flash and Batgirl going to come out in the same year. It's crazy to think about, but I'm there for it. I mean, all I know is that my Hot Toys 89 Batmobile will raise up in value Ooh. because of this. Very happy for that. That'll do it. Out of curiosity, too, do we know... Like, I I, I guess it was a, I was a little bit younger. I wasn't doing the movie business at the time, but... When Michael Keaton did not come back for the third film, and they end up getting Val Kilmer, who I thought did a fine job. He's yeah. a great Bruce. Yeah, he was a very good Bruce. Full benefits. I, yeah, I thought he was a very, very good Bruce. But did I never heard about why he didn't come back. I don't really know either. Were there, there weren't uh, any stories. There aren't any lingering Hollywood stories that I we know of about that. I think so. You know, I, I, I don't. But I again, I don't know. I don't remember. I do remember that the original script for. Um, the second one that became Batman Returns right. was one of my the coolest scripts I ever read. And it was it had Robin in it. It was epic, but there's no way they could have made it because it was way too expensive. I went back to watch Batman Returns again a couple of years ago. That's a weird movie. It, I know it's really weird. <laughs> That's but a I weird really movie. like it. It's it's the most like Tim Burton movie, Tim Burton. I it mean, is by far the more Tim Burton of the Tim Burton yeah, Batman movies. Yeah, absolutely. It's, no doubt about it's that. It's definitely very Tim Burton. Chris, what about you? You had a chance to take a look at, uh, you know, sexy Michael Keaton and the, and the Batman costume and everything. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, man. I just love this so much. We have this action figure of, like, the 89 one, and I just love it. I love seeing this. This makes me so happy. I always really, really wanted a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. And I'm hoping yes. this kind of is a dipping the toe in that situation, right? I am so with you on that. Right? I, would, so I, beyond. I love yes. Batman so, Beyond. I am would I love the it. only rational, sane bro, person bro, here? Dude, Clearly, we're the only rational <sighs> people here, Batman Beyond was the... Give it to me. It's going to be so good. And by the way, I have the Arkham Batman Beyond Hot Toys figure, so I can put my Michael Keaton and my together. Batman Beyond figure so together good. on the I same shelf. I did want to bring up, too, um, there's a People interview back in 2022, or back in 2022, at the beginning back, of 2022. All the way back. All the way back in, in 2022, 2022. Back in January of this year. 
where uh, Keaton was on at a uh, podcast called In the Envelope. And he said that he was always Bruce Wayne, never Batman. To me, I know the name of the movie is Batman, and it's hugely iconic and very cool and a cultural icon. And it's because of Tim Burton, artistically iconic. So he didn't feel like he should stick around for Joel Schumacher's film. Oh, um, that's interesting. That is interesting. Or, yeah. Which I think is very, very cool. But I'm super excited about uh, seeing this. I think everything that we've seen so far of Batgirl looks amazing. Her costume, his costume, J.K. Simmons, bring it on. Because I know, Rob, you were very big on the Batgirl costume when that when that concept, when that I, all this I liked came it. out. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people, to me, again, it looked like, uh, it looked functional as something. I mean, it could have gone, they could have gone some weird cheesecake route and I wouldn't have. Looked. Cheesecake. <laughs> I love Yvonne Craig. Oh, I know I you love do. her Batgirl. Mm -hmm. I love it. But in this day and age, you know, you want to see something that's functional, that Absolutely. you believe in the real world. And I, I like the colors. I like the lines of the costume. But again, you know, once we see it move on screen, still images never do superhero costumes justice. That's true. Yeah. Let's see it. And that might not be the final iteration of the costume. I, you know, how else? Ray, Ray you, you took a look at this costume. What did you think about it? Of the Batman costume? Yeah. like what, Oh, it what looks you... great. It looks like it's uh, very protective. It looks sleek. It does. It, looks... it does look. It's of, of all the Batman suits, it does look like it's armor, right? Um, it looks protective. And it, I like the shoulders look very broad on it. Like, I mean, it looks menacing. It almost looks like the statue in front of a... Uh, the Burbank. In front of the it Burbank Games. Because it's so like boxy, but not in a wait. bad way boxy. Like more of like a if he gets in in front of the moon and that shadow goes over you, it's covering you and you're running away. It's it's, it's just it, it it looks cool. It doesn't look like he can move a lot in it. It looks like you move better than he did in the original. Costume. Oh yeah, definitely. Anything. Like I, than I that. still kind of chuck when I go to the original movie and he's got to look slightly to the left. He's got to yeah. do this. I mean, that's still a little like, oh, couldn't they? But I bet it's going to be more functional. But the shine on it, man. It makes it yeah. look, I want that already in an action figure or a statue at least. It, it looks really cool. That would make a great figure. And he's got that, that classic yellow thing. Oh, there. I'll bet you they make one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I bet you it's already being made. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Rob already has it pre-ordered. I wouldn't be They surprised. haven't put it up for pre-ordered, but if they did, I do, by the way, in April, Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell are finally getting released from Batman Forever. Really? Yeah, yeah, as Hot Toys figures, and they're great. And you know, Rob, all those companies just need these two pictures to make. Oh, I oh, know. Yeah. This figure. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, not, not, not the licensed one, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these Batman images in the upcoming Batgirl movie. Does it make you more excited? Maybe the costume doesn't do it for you. Maybe you want a more modern take on it. Whatever you guys are feeling about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's take another break here and thank another sponsor of today's episodes. I was just on my damn Peloton a little bit earlier today. The good folks over at Peloton. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now listen, in the never-ending quest to try to stay in shape, one of the keys is to vary up your workout and your exercises to make sure you avoid losing your motivation and keep from getting burnt out from doing the same thing over and over again. Peloton has you covered. I know for me, one of the keys was getting my Peloton tread and using the Peloton app to get my varied workouts in. And Peloton just keeps pushing you forward with new classes, new music, new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. One of the newer offerings that has me personally 
personally really excited is their boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline, and you don't even have to have any gloves. Discover a fast, furious, and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. Even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork, and fun combos that will keep you on your toes. Peloton has a workout for every day and every kind of schedule. So guys, right now, visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. And again, a big thank you to the folks over at Peloton for supporting the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris. What is our third main topic today? This one's for Ray from Justin D. Mm. Hey, John, I've been looking forward to the Halo series, especially after the recent trailer. At the Paramount Investor Day, it was announced for a second season has already been announced. This makes me really excited. It clearly means that Paramount is happy with what they have. How excited are you now, Ray? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, uh, we'll get yeah. to Ray here in just a second because he's, he's going to be feeling pretty good about this. Yeah, look, uh, obviously Paramount, I didn't even know they were having their Investor Day stuff to be honest with you but man a lot of news came out about it and one of the biggest things was their upcoming halo series they're already green lighting a sequel now this is generally a really good sign that the company has a lot of faith in it uh, we've got the first halo thing coming out now when they showed the first kind of teaser for the halo series at the video game awards <laughs> i think underwhelmed is an understatement i i was like eh it looked like a cheap, it looked like a bunch of, it looked like college students had a project of make a, make a Halo teaser. Okay, due to, it just did not look good to me. And I think even Ray was underwhelmed what by it. What made it worse is we had to sit through two and a half hours of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah. To, that, get, to, to, to get, get that to 15 it. seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was like 15 seconds. I was like, this is not a trailer. Yeah, they were like, everybody tune into the video game awards and watch the Halo trailer. And it's like 15 seconds and it looked whatever. But then, then... They, they said and they put out a, a trailer for it. And that looked significantly more promising. That looked way more promising. It doesn't look like it has a Lord of the Rings budget, but it looked definitely more promising. And I know Ray was definitely happier with it. Well, instead of waiting around to see how, it's how the audience responds to it with the first season coming out on Paramount, Paramount decided to get right on it and announce season two. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline to write the following. Master Chief will stay locked and loaded for Paramount Plus, which has renewed Halo for a second season. The renewal was unveiled during a Viacon CBS presentation on Tuesday. The video game series, based on the widely popular and long-running Xbox game franchise of the same name, nabbed an early season two renewal more than a month before its debut on March 24th. It's getting close. Halo stars Pablo Schreiber as the iconic UNSC Spartan known as Master Chief. Paramount Plus has confirmed, uh, has also confirmed that Fear the Walking Dead's David Weiner will serve as the showrunner and executive producer for the sophomore season. Now that's a switch from the, the showrunner, the guy who runs season one is departing. So this is a switch in showrunner. They're bringing in somebody else. That's fine, whatever. I have to just go right to Ray on this and ask him, Ray, They've announced that there's going to be a season two of Halo, your most anticipated show coming up. What do you think about that? I think after today's show, I'm signing up for Paramount Plus. I'm going to have my very first subscription. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because uh, right now, you know what? You want to know what Ray's subscription plan is? Yours? Ray has the John Campia. Yeah, the yeah. John Campia. <laughs> he comes over to my house and, and watches what he and wants to watch. And I hate to go off uh, topic. Someone in the chat also said that South Park is going to have two exclusive um, um, episodes or movies like they did with the pandemic one every year. So come on. You got me, Paramount. Let's do it. I'm going to sign up for that. I can't wait to see what they do. I think all this first season is all going to be about Master Chief and like finding the halos and... But I think the second um, season will probably get into the forerunner, forerunner stuff, and uh, maybe even a team up with the Arbiter. I don't know. We'll see. I I just can't wait for this thing to start. I I'm totally in. I the trailer is enough. Let's get to episode one. Let's do a review. Let's come in. <laughs> Let's love it. Let's go in the next day. Do a review like at six a.m. Have a separate show, Ray Aura's Halo review. Now, I don't know if you guys can see it. Ray has got a lot of Halo stuff yeah. on his desk, like between yeah. what he wears and, and the, the, the Spartan, Xbox, the Xbox cup. And then on the floor, you can't see, but he's got a giant Master Chief on the floor as well, right in front of him. Anyway, Rob, uh, you know, we're seeing Paramount. They're being proactive here. They're, they're getting ahead of the curve. They're saying, no, we got season two coming. Do you, to you, does this indicate that it, whether or not we like it, that they seem to have some faith in it? What do you think about the announcement? Yeah, no, I think it's great. I mean, look, this is a really Halo is probably in terms of console games, one of the biggest console game games of all time, at least in the modern age, wouldn't you say? I mean, it really was the Xbox launch. It, it came out with the Xbox, the original Xbox launch, didn't yep. it? That was their 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 uh, was their big and, and it, you know Peter Jackson was involved with making a Halo movie at one point. I think this is a huge, huge hugely important franchise. Now I know people are gonna say, but Rob, how many good video game franchises have there been? Well, apparently Sonic, but yeah. now you've got now you've got Halo, and I think of this. I thought the trailer looked great. The extended trailer, uh, it looks really cool. I love military sci-fi combat stuff, and obviously it's a big vote of confidence for the series. And once again. Great characters and great story. That's all I'm looking for. And if that's what they're going to give, give us for this, um, I think it's interesting that Paramount's leading the way, <laughs> leading the charge with a franchise like Halo as opposed to, say, other franchises they might have, oh. which they're not putting front and center. <laughs> oh, well, wonder well, that's that why I'm wearing a Space 1999 sweatshirt today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what? Halo, it, their decision to make it a series, I think it's the best decision for that. Oh, absolutely. Like, like a movie would have just been not enough time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Chris, you hear about this. What are your thoughts? A good move, bad move on their part? Does it give you any more excitement for the existing series? It what do you think? It gives me a lot of hope. If you already believe in your show enough to greenlight that second season, I'm really pumped for you. This is, I'm so happy for my bestie, Megan. Halo and Lord of the Rings are her favorite IPs. So this is her year. I'm just, uh, I'm so excited for you, bud. And Ray, I'm so excited is, for you. Uh, Megan, is, is Megan single? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what I, I am interested in though, Ray, because we haven't gotten to talk about this, you and I, how do you feel about Cortana's look? Because I know some people are torn. Um, I the, like it. I like it too. Okay. I like it. I think it, it the the hologram blue thing, I just, I like, I yeah. like seeing what I, that way. I think it's dope. I'm fine with it. You know, I also have to say, for a show like Halo, and also for Star Trek, they're, they're, no, no, in all seriousness, these are expensive shows to make, and you can't, like, go buy Master Chief's costume off the rack. Right. Everything has to be created. So uh, it makes sense that they greenlight a second, a second season because they can amortize the costs of building all the props, building all the costumes, building the world. If you're making two, two episodes... 
you stretch out that budget like and design, so it makes it makes sense like designing halo wood yeah <laughs> well that's what star trek has done too they've greenlit at least two seasons at yeah. a time sweet that's right anyway guys the question is for you what do you think about this move by paramount to greenlight a halo season two more than a month before the first season comes out does it give you more confidence that they seem to have confidence in it? Maybe you're not looking forward to it at all. Maybe you're dying to see it. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do a bonus main topic here mm -hmm. today, shall we? And we're going to put this one under the category of... Ray, what's that noise again? Because, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, and I failed to mention off the top of the show, and I feel humiliated that I did, but just to remind everybody that today is game day. Game, game day. day. Peacemaker is on tonight, the finale. God, I've been loving this show. It is so damn good, and it is indeed game day. And guess what? We just got a little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise coming out right now. It has just been announced on the eve, nay the day, nay the dawn of the Peacemaker finale that we are officially getting Peacemaker Season 2. This is on oh, deadline yeah. right now. Ooh, Big surprise, yeah. man. Yeah. Peacemaker Season 2 is coming. This is coming to us from the folks over at Deadline who said this. Ahead of Peacemaker Season 1 finale tomorrow, really tonight at midnight, HBO and HBO Max's chief content officer, Casey Bloys, hinted that a second season of James Gunn's Suicide Squad spinoff series is in the offering. Apparently, James Gunn has come out and confirmed this now. I'm feeling good, so stay tuned. The show has been doing great, Bloys told uh, Deadline during an interview tied to HBO and HBO Max's TCA presentation, looking good. Bloys' comments echoed the optimism shared by Gunn in an interview with Deadline's Hero Nation last month. There's a really good chance of a season two renewal, he said. We're the biggest show in the world right now, which we talked about the other day, which is mm -hmm. absolutely crazy. In the interview, Gunn also revealed that there's another Suicide Squad spinoff series in the works. We're working on something else now, another TV show that's connected to the universe, he told Deadline. I can't quite say. And that's all well and good, and I'm sure that's going to be exciting whenever it comes out. But James Gunn just made his first, you know, journey into television and he's had some great success because Peacemaker, ladies and gentlemen, is getting a season. How, let's give it up for James Yay! Gunn. Like James Yay! Gunn. I mean, it, it is huge. This show has been a revelation in a couple of ways. One, it's been a revelation of how far John Cena has come as a performer. He can actually act now. Before, he just got by on his natural charm and charisma and physicality and kind of just read off lines. And, 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 and he did have some good comedic timing, though. But Peacemaker has shown he's actually kind of coming to his own. The dude can act. I'm not going to say he's a great actor, but he can now act and he's only getting better. So that's great, too. It has also shown us a James Gunn. It's no fluke when James Gunn gives us some wild, bonkers stuff that has actual deep emotional connotations connected to him underneath. Guys, I go back to that one scene in the most recent Suicide Squad. There's this beautiful moment that James Gunn does, and he does it all without words. The group is, the Suicide Squad is driving through town in this van, and King Shark is in there. And King Shark looks out, and he sees this couple, like, embracing and holding each other in love. There's no words. There's no dialogue. And then it just cuts back to King Shark's face and then what he's seeing and back to King Shark. And with the slightest gesture in his face, you knew everything that was going on in King Shark's mind. You knew the loneliness. Suddenly, you know the loneliness he feels. 
you know, the isolation he feels, what he actually yearns for. He yearns for connection and relationship and all that. And James Gunn did that in a four-second, three-cut shot with no dialogue. I love it when filmmakers can do that. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn has shown, whether it's in Guardians of the Galaxy or Slither or Super or whatever, James Gunn can do that. Within Peacemaker, he's been able to do that same stuff. He takes this veneer of this brash, loud, vulgar, crazy stuff. But then when you get past that stuff and the laughs that that brings, there's some heavy stuff underneath that he's really able to communicate human experiences through preposterous circumstances. And the fact that they are going to give us another season, because I'll tell you what, it's not just John Cena back as Peacemaker. I want Economist back. Yes. I want Hardcourt back. I want Judo Master back. I want all these characters. Vigilante. I want, desperately, I want Vigilante back. I I am so excited for this. Chris, I know you are somebody who really appreciates the show and you've been enjoying it. What do you think about them announcing that it looks like we are getting a Peacemaker season two? This is fantastic. And just echoing what you just said here, this is such a great ensemble too. They all work so well together. They're so fun. There's not a lot of times when we have a show, there's there's somebody who's a little bit of a clunker, a little bit of a stinker in there. It, it just happens, you know? And everyone here is just doing the most. And I love it. I can't wait to watch more of this. I'm so excited for the season finale. Oh, I'm, I'm still so heartbroken over Mern. I'm still just reeling from that so i can't wait to see what we do with this see i'm a combination of excited for the finale tonight and so sad that it's the finale tonight (laughs) it's no longer we're not gonna have a game day for at least a month game day like what what comes out first i can't remember what comes out first is dark moon night comes out before halo and moon night is what march 30th march 30th Mm -hmm. man what are we gonna do for a month i'm gonna have to talk to my wife Again, <laughs> oh wow! Oh boy, that is the greatest thing in poor the world that Anne. I get to do every day. Oh man, oh, no, poor Anne. Poor Anne. Anne's like, what are we gonna do? I'll get her off. And right now it's over there. Oh my God, Peacemaker's over. Now I gotta entertain this guy. Whatever you do. You got. You have the finale of After Party, and uh, Space Force Two is coming back. Space Force is coming back? Yeah. yeah. I'm not real big. I love Steve Carell. I'm not real big on Space Fair. Force. Ben Schwartz, that's, that's why I'm But here. whatever. We can start counting down the clock to not only Moon Knight, but counting down the clock to Peacemaker Season 2. Rob, you hear about this. What do you think about it? I think it's great. I think it's great. Look, you know, it's interesting that I think I was disappointed that James Gunn's The Suicide Squad did not get the reception we'd all hoped it would get because uh, I really thought it was delightful for what it was. And this is kind of the redemption of that. Like Peacemaker has 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 justified Suicide Squad's existence in a way. And the fact that it's so wildly successful and so beloved. I mean, everyone loves a show. And uh, I'm sure it's going to stick the landing. So to bring it back, can you imagine what he's going to do with another season of this show? Oh. I mean, look what he did with the first season. I can't even begin to. Uh, uh, it's going to be great, whatever it is. I can't wait for it. Bring gonna, it on. Going to miss having his dad in there, though, as that big. I mean, his dad was just such a great 
dick character that you can just all universally <laughs> go to say he doesn't get resurrected as uh, a robot yeah, I, you know who knows he's the white dragon yeah. maybe he comes back he built a TARDIS like he can probably like, you're right he's got he's probably got six brain. or seven clones he, of himself he's actually got there. did you see something was beeping on his costume maybe that's a beacon they're gonna come back and oh I'm just kidding is it associated with like, the ten what? rings that was a Cad Bane reference you know oh, oh I got really right. excited I was mixing and matching my people who've been gunned down in our favorite franchise oh, properties lately man I had so much hope for a second really uh, Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about Peacemaker coming back for season two? I'm very, very happy about this. I have loved this show so much. It's great. Whatever you guys are thinking about it, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This is from Starbucky Barnes. John and crew, what's up? Hopefully you guys are as happy as I am. Well, maybe not Rob. That Star Trek Four with Pine and his crew is in the works. Yes! I remember talks about a Star Trek Four with Pine and Hemsworth coming back to play his dad. Mm. If that's not the story, I don't care. I'm just happy this iteration of the franchise is continu continuing. What are your thoughts? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And of course, this is just a, another thing that was a part of the big Paramount presentation thing, kind of doing their poor man's version of that Disney uh, you know, uh, Investor's Day call they did a, a while back where they dropped all that stuff. But the newest thing, of course, coming that they're talking about is Star Trek. Because I'll tell you what, that Star Trek, what was the final one called again? Uh, Beyond? Beyond. Star Trek Beyond, which I think Simon Pegg was one of the writers of it. Uh, I remember I was at Comic-Con. We, we, they did this big debut screening of it at this big outdoor theater. I got to be with the main cast of the film, and I'll see if I can find some images of that. But I got to be with the main cast of the film and talk with them before walking out to go and do the pre present the big screening of it. And I'll tell you what, I thought it was the best one they had done. I, I had Idris Elbow's great in it. I loved the movie. I was really nervous about the, the trailer. was not thrilled with the trailers. But once you got into the movie and watched it, I, I thought it was great, but it did not do great financially, which is too bad. But that kind of put what the future of Star Trek could be into question. Because one of the problems was, was that Paramount, from a financial point of view, treated Star Trek like it was the new Star Wars and Marvel Cinematic Universe. That they could spend the kind of money on these movies like other studios would spend on... DC superhero movies, Marvel superhero movies, or Star Wars movies. When the reality is Star Trek movies aren't going to return, get the same kind of return that those movies do. And so that was a problem they had to figure out. And so there was this big drama going on that they were planning on doing a fourth film, but the actors involved, understandably, were like, we want to get paid what we have been getting paid. Whereas Paramount was saying we need to readjust our financial realities here. We can't pay you as much or spend as much on these movies. Can we come to an agreement? And the actors were like, look, we've got a deal. We signed a deal. And I, I don't blame anybody in that situation. I think everybody made sense. And it was just one of those situations where their circumstances didn't allow them to work together at that time. And I get it. Well, fast forward now a couple of years. And now they have announced that they are indeed doing a Star Trek four. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety said the following. The announcement was made by J.J. Abrams during the Paramount Investors Day presentation on February 15th. We are thrilled to say that we are hard at work on a new Star Trek film that will be shooting by the end of the year that will be featuring our original cast 
and some new characters that I think are going to be really fun and exciting and help take Star Trek into areas that you've just never seen before, Abrams said. We're thrilled about this film. We have a bunch of other stories that we're talking about that we think will be really exciting. So can't wait for you to see what we're cooking up. But until then, live long and prosper. So they confirmed that coming back and all that kind of stuff are going to be Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto. By the way, I went back and watched Margin Call again the other day. That's Dude, a really good movie. That movie is great. Yeah, very like, simple. And Zachary Quinto was instrumental in getting that movie produced. Yes, he was. And he was really, really good in it. Uh, tell a story here in a second here uh but simon Pegg, all these guys coming back listen I, i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna be facetious about it i really enjoy these star trek movies and i remember when the first one came out before the first jj abram once came out i remember i was basically on a soapbox for a year preaching about how star trek's dead there's no point in doing more star trek it was literally dead because the existing fan base was literally, I don't mean figuratively, the existing fan base was literally dying off. It was not gaining new fans. It was a dying IP. It was dead. Don't do new ones. Just put it to bed. Who cares? But then came the new one that they did with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and what have you. And I watched it. And I remember I saw it at the Scotiabank Theater in Toronto. I was, I was up in Toronto and I saw it there and I came walking out like buzzing i had a great time i had a lot of fun at it i'm like dude star trek's back and this is the type of thing that can win over some new fans because the old one was dead and unfortunately the new generation wasn't going back and learning to appreciate the brilliance of the old ones but you know then the second one came out i liked the second one but it had even fans of the first one there were a lot of fans of the first one that were that liked the first one but were didn't weren't buying into into darkness I did like Into Darkness, even though I think it had some big problems. Then you get into Beyond. I thought Beyond was wonderful. So I am completely down for this. Uh, I love this. Rob, I can't imagine how happy you are about this. Like you are like, I, I can barely, you're, you're hold, barely holding it together over there with your happiness. But anyway, Rob, you hear they're moving forward with four. By the way, should be noted that I have not heard anything about whether Chris, this is going to be the Chris Hemsworth project because back when three came out, there was talks of four, and the basic idea was that Chris Hemsworth, who was in the first film as Captain Kirk's dad, George, was going to come <laughs> back, and they were going to have some, you know, a father-son kind of thing. No word on about whether or not they're moving forward with that or going to try. So I don't know how they can afford Hemsworth at this point, but they're coming back, doing a fourth one. Rob, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, look, it's my favorite franchise of all time. It has been since I was a little kid, and I want to see great Star Trek made. I'm always hoping that Star Trek is great. And, you know, over the course of my lifetime, there's been great Star Trek and not so great Star Trek. That's been a, uh, uh, I don't have rose-colored glasses about this franchise, but I do think you pointed out something that needs to be kept in mind. And I think that the biggest problem with the J.J. Abrams films is they treated them as any other franchise, like the Transformers. And they were expecting, by spending as much money as they did on these movies, all three films were incredibly expensive as far as Star Trek is concerned. And the returns of all three films did not, I think, justify what they spent on them. Now, I love the cast. I thought the Star Trek 09 was extraordinarily well cast. Uh, Chris Pine made a terrific Kirk. The way he was written was different, but terrific. Um, uh, and I think that 
that this franchise, if it's handled well, if they can make a Star Trek movie that doesn't cost $200 million to make or another $200 million to market, because, John, Star Trek does not travel well foreign. It never has. It's not big in Asian markets. True. Yep. It, it travels yep. to France. It travels to Germany. It travels to the UK. But Star Trek has never been a franchise that has had huge success in China, even though they keep trying to make it happen. And they need to take that into consideration. And look, fingers crossed that this would be my favorite of these movies. But again, it comes down. Star Trek is all about the writing. And you can have the special effects, you know, but you need the writing. And uh, the writing for me hasn't been there with these three movies. And hopefully it will be. Hope springs eternal. Anyway, Chris, let me go over to you. I, I don't know that you and I have ever had a conversation about Star Trek. I don't, I don't know how have. big you are into the into the lore of it or whatever, but what's how have you felt about the more modern Star Trek and what do you think about this news that it looks like they're gonna finally be able to get a fourth one done? Well, I'm I'm no Rob. I'm not a I'm not a very well versed Trekkie. But my dad would have me watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation with him growing up. And I've been revisiting that show on Netflix, which has been really, really fun. And I really liked these. I particularly liked Beyond, actually. I really liked Simon Pegg's writing. I thought Justin Lin did great stuff with it. And you know, JJ stuff, I, I like a lens flare. That's fine by me. <laughs> I like a lens flare. That's all right. It's a little, it's a little much, but it's fine. I, I really like these actors, though. And I think Zachary Quinto, in particular, really, really shines in these films. And so I'm excited for them to go back in there. Um, the more I've talked to Rob about things, though, I've learned a few things along the way about continuity issues and some other things that are interesting because they're just things that I haven't picked up on. So I'm really, I'm really excited. It's okay. That we the get people to... that make the movies haven't picked up on them either. So <laughs> why should anyone care? There Locked. it is. <laughs> but it's really fun though to to learn about all the backstory though from you and go, oh, okay, I can see how this is an issue. I can see these things because you know. We all have different tastes, and hopefully these are movies that we all end up liking together, but it's been really cool learning along the way. Maybe some missteps that I didn't catch. I, I want to, I wanna, if you'll indulge me, I want to share a picture with you guys. I love this picture. Because mm -hmm. um, I had already met Milo uh, Ventimiglia from Heroes and This Is Us. And uh, he's kind of responsible for me meeting Anne, and, and so I knew him. So I had, did this, I had did this party at Comic-Con, and... Milo was coming and he was going to bring some of his heroes friends along with him and heroes like I was at that time I was losing my mind over heroes right so here's here's the image this is at our party at Comic-Con that year and what makes this this me with the guys with the guys from heroes but what makes this picture particularly cool and fun is that this is literally about three hours after they announced Zachary Quinto was going to be Spock and so this was the day uh, taken on that day that uh, Quinto was going to be playing Spock uh, in that. And I just, it was, it was just so cool. I was so excited because him as Siler in Heroes, like season one of Heroes. Oh, dude, so, so good. It's still my all-time favorite single season of television. It's it's not my all-time favorite show because it, it, it dropped in quality badly mm -hmm. after the first season. But that first season of Heroes is still my all-time favorite season. Of, it was, of any show. It was fantastic. Oh my God, that show and was Which so made the rest of the, the show all the more painful. It mm -hmm. was. And difficult. And the writer's strike at the time had yeah. something yeah. to do with but that. But my God, that first season was good. They were never able to really fully recover. But you're right. I have lo I love him as Spock. I think he does such a great job as Spock. And uh, yeah, it's just pretty cool. So I'm very excited to hear about this. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. 
What do you think about this news that it looks like Star Trek Four with that cast is all coming back? Whether or not they're going to bring Chris Hemsworth back yet for that storyline, we don't know, but they're moving forward. Are you happy about it? Indifferent about it? Negative about it? However you guys are feeling, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that all down, we're going to move now in to start taking your live comments and questions you guys have been sending in. But before we get to those, let's hear from one last sponsor of today's episode, making today's show possible for us, the good folks over at ExpressVPN. We want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, ExpressVPN. So guys, if you've been listening to or following me for any period of time, you guys know that one of my big concerns is often online privacy. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. Now, I know what a lot of you guys are probably thinking. You're thinking, well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website that you visited. And listen, it doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. Internet service providers in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider can't see the sites that you're visiting. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And ExpressVPN is available on all your devices. I mean, your phones, computers, even your smart TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash campia, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash campia, expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more. All right, and thank you again to the good folks at ExpressVPN for making today's episode of the John Cabe Show possible. Okay, guys, with all that down, let's now move over and start taking your live comments and questions. Chris, what are we starting things off with here? Jay Bling, Spider-Man No Way Home is now the third highest domestic grossing film over Avatar. One final tip of the box office hat to No Way Home. There's no point in making... Oh. Yeah, there's no point in making a topic just to re regurgitate box office talking points for No Way Home. Let's tip just tip our hats and move on. And yeah, and we did. We did. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Yep. About it. It's just the one last big milestone. I, I think that's it. I don't think it's climbing any higher on the international or the domestic numbers. But I mean, listen, we knew it was going to be huge. We knew it was going to be monstrous. I didn't think it would overtake Avatar. I just be, just be open with it. I didn't think it would do that. But that's one more big feather in its cap. You know what else, though? That box office number shows that people have gone back again and again. And it shows that it brought audiences real joy. I know it certainly brought us joy. And that's what we want from movies, right? We want to feel joy. All right, what's next? Brandon Blake. Now that the budget is less of a limiting factor on quality in TV, has TV surpassed film as a vehicle for telling these genre stories? I don't think so. I, I still, quite frankly, I don't even think it's come close yet. I mean, there's some great stuff out there. There really is. But to me, look, the art of telling a story in a movie versus the art of telling a story in a TV show are very different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I think it takes a much more skilled, and this is not shade on, on the great storytellers who do television, but I think it takes a lot more skill to for a storyteller to tell a great story in a movie format because you don't have the luxury of 12 hours to do it in a movie 
skilled filmmakers have to introduce us to characters and their environments and circumstances, understand the developmental points of what the narrative is, get into the main crux of the narrative, and bring it all into resolution in about two hours. And there's something so satisfying about, like, that's why to me the movie experience is still better than the television experience, even though obviously I'm seeing, you know, this is Peacemaker season two. Like, I'm super excited. But I mean, still overall, to me, the, the, the art of filmmaking is still just the superior art to me. Because yeah. a lot of these TV shows too, you got to sit through four hours before you actually even get into what's going on and stuff like that. And yeah. that's not great. By the way, uh, Granted, I'm being sponsored by them. Full, full disclosure, I am totally being sponsored by them. I want to let you know, know this, though. But I got approached by a new TV show that's coming out um, wanting me to do some sponsored tweets for it. And it's for this show on Epics called From. And so they sent me the first four episodes. And I remember talking to Anne. I'm like, it's got one of my favorite guys in it, Harold. I Like one of my favorite guys in the world in it. But I think I might turn this down. Yeah, I might turn this down because I don't know if the show's going to be any good. So I sat down two nights ago to watch the first episode that they sent me in advance. They sent me four episodes. All I had to do was watch one to decide if it's any good. I ended up staying up till about two in the morning because I couldn't stop watching. That's awesome. I got through all the guys. I don't know. You may or may not have epics, but if you have epics, You've got to check out. It comes out on the 17th. I think it's tomorrow. It comes out. Yes, we're, and there's a big Twitter watch party for it tomorrow. You've got to check this show out. If, at the very least, go and check out the trailer for it because it's really good. I'm, I'm very, very enthusiastic about it. All right, anyway, what's next? Sam Fisher. I haven't seen anything by Taylor Sheridan, movies or TV, but after like the like five Paramount Plus series Paramount's announced, <laughs> I'm going to have to start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, what he's doing on television right now, we're just talking about it. Taylor shared Taylor's a guy who kills it in his movies and kills it in his TV shows. Cause like Yellowstone, 1883. I mean, Yellowstone might be my favorite. Hell or High Water and Wind River. Hell or High Water and Wind River are both films to me that should have gotten even more Oscar attention. Like Wind River to me, that is Hawkeye's best performance of his life. We got to see Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch together in that movie it's so effing good i can't believe it was nominated for best Picture. i would just say it's really telling though at that paramount uh earning meeting that tyler sheridan was trotted out he's making this many shows and yet there are five star trek shows being made and where was that representation mm. granted there were a lot of their uh, their existing ongoing content that they did not highlight but it, they, there was yeah, no need to uh, but they got a new show that hasn't debuted yet and they're making presumably more. But again, the all rest, they didn't touch on all their stuff. And Taylor Sheridan, the, the, like Yellowstone, just got the top SAG honor nomination and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I know, that's my that point. Out. That's my point. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you I think, had to get it in one shot. Of course on. you did. I'll give, on, I'll, man. I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale. So happy we're getting another Star Trek with Chris Pine. I'm not afraid to say I love Star Trek Beyond also. Two more Quiet Places movies and Sonic 3. Seeing Uncharted tomorrow, hopefully it's fun. Listen, one of the things that is that is very clear that Paramount understands, they've got to make their move. Because, uh, quite frankly, they stumbled out of the gate with, what do they start off with? CBS All Access, massive brand confusion. There's Paramount, there's Paramount Networks, there's Paramount Plus, and like, I'm like I'm a and then everything underneath Nickelodeon and, and Showtime. And I'm fairly well versed in this shit, and yet I'm like, 
I'm like, cool, Paramount Plus. Where's Yellowstone? It's a Paramount show. This is Paramount Plus. Where the fuck's Yellowstone? Oh, I had to go on YouTube TV to watch Yellowstone. So between CBS All Access and then they had to go through a brand rebranding of that into Paramount Plus, and then with all the other confusion stuff, they knew they had to make their move. And it looked, I'll be honest with you, despite the stock hit, it this looks like they're making the right moves right now. They have to consolidate the brand. They got to get the content out there. I think they're heading in the right direction. The question will be, Rob, is it too late? I don't, you know what? I will say this. I'm a huge Paramount fan. You know, even back, to, I've always loved Paramount, not just because of, of Star Trek, but also Paramount has a huge, wonderful history throughout the 20th century. And from a home video standpoint, they did some, they were the first company to make their movies sold through, like Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan and Officer and Gentleman were some of the first movies priced to sell on home video back in the early 80s. I love their new name, Paramount Global, I think is a fantastic name for their new company. And I love that they're getting rid of CBS Viacom. It's going to be Paramount Global. And I thought that was a great move. If you talk about great moves, their branding, I think they solved it. All right. What's next? CMG2491. This thought recently hit me. The Batman is possibly going to be WB's first major box office hit because why? It's not day date released. <laughs> Think that irony will hit Killer at all? LOL. Uh, I mean... Yeah, as as he's packing up his desk and getting ready to leave because he's out of a job here pretty soon once uh, Zaslav and, and uh, Discovery take over. I mean, look, I will give this to Jason Kalar. He had a vision and he opted for a strategy that I did not think was wise, but it made sense if you understand what his North Star was. Pilar made his number one priority not the success of the projects. Kalar's number one priority became the success of HBO Max. Not understanding that if you have successful projects, <laughs> if you do make sure your projects succeed to the best that they can, that does nothing but good things for HBO Max. But yeah. Also, you know, it caused people that were already at Warner Brothers to jockey for position yes. to get in onto this new streaming realm where whereas they should have just concentrated on what they like you just said, make the movies great. Let them come out theatrically and they'll still bolster your streaming service because people will want to see them again. I'm willing to put money on this. I'm willing to put money on the Batman. We haven't seen it. For all we know, it's garbage. I think it's going to be awesome. But Me if it too. is awesome, and I think it's going to do, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a billion-dollar film or not, but I think it's going to make good money. I am willing to put money that The Batman having a full exclusive theatrical release and then later now coming to HBO Max mm -hmm. will generate more new subscribers for HBO Max Ooh. than any of the things they did day and date. Oh, Matrix is going to be on HBO Max Day 1. Guess what? The Batman, with a full, proper, ad-supported theatrical release, when it's time for it to come to HBO Max, it will get more new subscribers signed up than if they just went straight to HBO Max with it. I'm I, willing to put money on that. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah because they, they just constantly underestimate what, what you get from a theatrical release. Yeah, plus, I do. The hype is real. And, and if this movie is as good as everyone thinks it could be, like that we think it's going to be, and we'll know in a couple of weeks, less than two weeks. Less than two weeks, dude. I mean, we'll go. We'll know then. And it'll be like, yep. 
And then I'm sure this movie is poised to become a zeitgeist film. People are going to be like, just like No Way Home was. Oh, my God, did you see this movie? It was so awesome. I mean, what more do you want? Oh, it markets itself. So excited. So excited. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher. The first lady looks really interesting. I have. Is that the um, is that the uh, Nancy Reagan one? I have no idea. I'm not. I know there's a Nancy Reagan. I was product. like, I'm, I was I'm, like, Biden's wife's a little too old for me. <laughs> oh, know. this is the one I believe that is going to be. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it and okay. Viola Davis. <laughs> well, that's I mean, that's a killer combination. Viola Davis, I believe, is playing Michelle Obama. I mean, I will watch anything those two women are in. Yeah. All right, let's see. I'm not quite sure about the project, though. Okay, what's next? Another from Sam Fisher. When I was 10, my parents saw Throne of Blood at a Shakespeare festival in Ashland, Oregon. So I saw Throne of Blood on stage before I knew it was a movie. I didn't even know there was a Throne of Blood movie. Kurosawa. Damn, of course. <clears throat> All right, what's that? That's, that's great that you got to see that on that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. There were, I, I want to see a stage play. Yeah. That's what's, incredible. What's Throne of Blood is a stage play? <laughs> All right, what's next? John Redcorn. It feels like the future of the DCEU all hinges on Flash. If Flash fails both critically, financially, and fans, what happens to the DCEU? Does it reboot? No. They, look, I, honestly, look, I, I was a proponent for a number of years. As somebody who likes all the DCU movies other than Birds of Prey, I like all the DC movies. But even as a fan of those movies, I was a proponent for a long time that rebooting was their best option. That time has come and gone. The opportunity to do a fresh reboot and do it well, that time has come and gone. The reality is this, though. Even if Flash flops, and I don't think it will, they've got a great director in uh, Andy Muschietti. They've got, I think they've got some pretty cool stuff that they can do. You got Michael Keaton in there. I like, even though I think Ezra Miller as an individual is becoming a problematic person, I I don't care what anybody else says. I like his Flash. I do too. I think he's a good Flash. I like his iteration of Barry Allen. So I think this, is, this movie's going to be fine. But okay, let's play What If. What if the movie is bad, and what if the fans don't respond to it, and what if it fails financially? I still don't think it does much to the DCU. People are still looking forward to Aquaman 2. People are still looking forward to Black Adam. People are still looking forward to more Shazam. Uh, it'll be a bump in the road. It'll be a drawback. It'll hurt. But I think the DCU move, just moves forward. I just, I mean, I'm, I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't either. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> and all those, all four of those movies look good. I'm just curious, Chris. Like, what do you think? Like, how do you think Flash is shaping up for you? Do you think it's looking good? Do you have hope for it? What are you thinking? I think it's promising. I'm excited about this. The Flashpoint storyline is fascinating. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. I think we're going to do a great job with it. I'm excited about all the things we've seen from it. I love Andy as a director, though the It movies are things that I will stay away from. Right. It scared me very <laughs> Come much. Come on, man. Um, I'm such a wimp, Rob. Let me the have this. First, like, I'll tell you, you can, you can avoid It too. Uh, it Chapter 2, quite frankly, was a letdown. Somewhere Logan that's is in the chat like muppeting but the <laughs> first one he did that mm -hmm. oh my i i was so impressed with it yeah. very very happy with it all right what's next all right max Papano. hey john and co so i saw the announcement that paramount dropped this morning i'm excited for most of the content they have coming quiet place tmnt transformers paramount isn't playing you know what i have not really taken a look at the transformers aspect of that I'm, I'm, I'm so in limbo on Transformers right now because I love, you know me, I grew up with Transformers. I love Transformers. I, I, I really like Bumblebee a lot. Yeah. Bumblebee was great. I don't know why 
they're not bringing him back to direct another Transformers movie and why they're not doing a Bumblebee 2 at any rate. But I'm kind of in a, eh, I'll wait and see kind of thing with that. I don't know. We'll see. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher. F. Murray Abram is going to be voicing Khonshu in uh, more, well, MK. Dude. In Moon Knight. Okay. Oh, Moon Knight. Thank you. I was like, what? <laughs> wow, I feel dumb. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I don't know if, why that eluded me. Somebody said that to me. I, I love kids. Love F. Murray, F. Murray Abraham. Not only was he Salieri, but he was in a Star Trek movie. Ooh. He was one of the Sona, and uh, well, he was the leader of the Sona in uh, in one of the Next Generation movies. All right, Insurrection. Patrick Durling, did the MOM trailer overshadow release of Batman: The Multiverse of Madness trailer? What? Batman opens up in weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, no. no. <laughs> like if no they're there and i mean if if the multiverse of madness trailer dropped on the day of release of batman well then we could evaluate whether that's true but this is still like almost two weeks away so no it did not overshadow it all right what's next patrick darling oh wait that was him already sam fisher is chris hemsworth still in star trek 4 that's a great question mm -hmm. I, honestly i didn't see anything referencing it at all i hope he is because i love the idea of the story that they were pitching around i would love to see hemsworth and uh pine together but honestly, I don't know. I, I hope they are. Look, but. I don't know either. I mean, I would prefer they don't bring back another dead character to talk to his son. But, you know, hey, they're going to make everything a multiverse. So it's fine. Uh, I mean, like Star Trek from the original series to Next Generation, they dipped into the whole time travel. They did they so many did, stuff. Why not? Did, it's but, consistent. But the best father-son relationships were, actually, that's not true. The Visitor in Deep Space Nine was great. And Sarek and Spock. So, yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right, what's next? Matt, trailer for the new movie, The Contractor, just came out, and it has Chris Pine as the lead. It looks pretty interesting. It looks like a movie we've seen 20 times before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it looked good, and I'm like, it looked good the 19 times I saw it before this one. Let me ask you guys in the live chat to help me out. There was a movie that came out two to three years ago with Michael Keaton, Taylor Kitsch, and something else where Michael Keaton plays this, uh, you know, uh, soldier, op, guy taylor kitsch was one of his soldiers american um, assassin american assassin thank you this looks exactly like that guy gets recruited in to work with something he thinks is a legitimate outfit turns out it's not so legitimate then he becomes the enemy he's like i, I i've seen this already i will say this for it i love chris pine i love ben foster love ben, ben foster and chiwetel ejiofor to me, are the two best actors in the world that people don't re realize. Well, Helen, it's a Helen High Water reunion. Helen High Water, yeah, there you go, with Chris Pine and, and Foster, and they got good or Canadian or kid. High Water reunion. They got good Canadian kid Kiefer Sutherland in it too. So good looking cast, but it, it does look like a movie I've seen many, many, many times. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully, it'll be good. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher again. Did we know that the did we know about the Paramount Investor Day before yesterday's show? I feel like it would have been brought up yesterday. Again, for me, it was completely off my radar. I did not know about it, so I didn't know. I didn't. Well, it happened yesterday, right? Yes, but what yeah. I'm saying is I didn't know in advance. Like we knew the Disney Investor Day thing was coming when the Disney thing came. So clear, maybe it, the, the news was out there, and I just flew under my radar. Must have invested in Paramount anytime. No, no, <laughs> we are not. Recent days. All right, what's next? Brandon Blake. I'm one of the few that didn't like Loki. I love Hiddleston in this role, but I felt like it cheapened the character and made him less special. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I, I was not a huge fan of Loki. Like I liked Loki. I did not think it was great, and I did not love it. Too many I, hair flips? <laughs> maybe there's that. But 
I also, I did not think it cheapened the character, though. I, like, mm -hmm. even with my criticisms of the show, I never felt like they were cheapening the character or making him less special. Uh, I mean, yeah, granted, the notion that there's a thousand of him out there. Oh, okay, if that's what you're getting at, I see what you're saying. But as far as this individual that we know, I I didn't think it did that amongst all my criticism. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, look, I, I thought I did think the Loki show pushed the boundaries of the MCU a bit far because it opened up possibilities that could affect the rest of the movies to the point where I'm like, uh, but other than that, I thought it was interesting. And I did. I enjoyed Hiddleston. I enjoyed Sylvie. I don't think it cheapened the character. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, same. I thought it was a good exploration of him and I enjoyed it. All right. I, what's next? <laughs> Cutter Hale, what wins the box office this weekend? Uncharted or Dog? I really think either one could take number one. Both look good. What's one movie you wish you could re-experience for the first time again? Bring on the filth. Well, that's two different questions. Let's let's go on the, the main one you've got there about the the box office this weekend. Look, uh, and I should double check. The the ratings, the the critic ratings for Uncharted have gone up. Not a lot. I mean, they went from about I think 39. Last I checked, it was Ray, can you look that up with the uh Rotten Tomatoes rating is right now for Uncharted. Because when I first looked at it, it was 39%. Then when I looked at it yesterday, it was 52%. So I don't know if it's continued to go up, if it's going down a little bit. I'm hearing it's it's okay. It's pretty good, but not really Uncharted. I, I don't know. But I still think probably by a not insignificant amount, I think Uncharted takes the box office this weekend. I think so, too. I, I don't see 38%. It's 38 Yeah. Oh God! It, on the tomato meter, so it climbed up from thirty-nine to fifty-two, and then took a big, massive nosedive after that. I still think it's going to make more money than Dog, though. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Dog's going to be a better movie. I, I it does. It looks pretty good. It, it really does look cute. pretty good. But the yeah. question yeah. is, really where are more people going to yeah. want to go see? Where I think people are going to see more people are going to see Uncharted this weekend, and then everyone will have seen it and gone, "God, that movie is a stinker." Is we'll see. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna find out tomorrow. Oh God, I hope it's good. Me All right, too. what's next? Casey Mack, Paramount must be confident in Sonic Two to already be planning both the Knuckles series and Sonic Three. Yeah, I mean, look, they already they already saw the results they got from the first Sonic. They know they've got a winner on their hands. Yeah. The chemistry they have there the flavor of it it just worked mm -hmm. and there's no reason to believe that these ones won't work too so exactly. yeah good on them for doing it sonic right, 3 nice. better be about metal sonic though before they get to shadow yes. right let's let's be clear all right uh andy amc theaters is also premiering the batman for an amc investor connect screening on march 2nd in dolby cinema Ooh, that we when we went to go see an early screening of moonfall that's what we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they say when that's going to be on March second? Ah, we'll have already seen it by then. We're going on March first. Yeah. Very excited for that. March by the way, I, the Batman screening can't be as nearly as satisfying as our Moonfall screening. Come oh, on now. clearly. Oh no, not no. at all. No, 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 no. That I mean, that, that's don't let's, let's not get carried away, Rob. Like, that's a ridiculously high bar. You're right. It really is tough. <laughs> I don't Listen. think I can tell you how fun it was to hear John just be like, <laughs> I think that's great. So you understand while well, Rob and Ray, we had four tickets, but they weren't all together. So Rob and Ray, they decided to sit together because they were the two most looking forward to that movie. We were crest. Moonfallen. Yeah, you were yeah, Moonfallen. Moon so fallen, baby. Chris and I, Chris had the uh, the unfortunate task of sitting beside yeah, the me. Neck break <laughs> so the neck breaks. And I'm sitting in this, I'm sitting in this movie watching this, and I'm like, oh, 
Oh my god! Do they just say that? Like I it made it so much more fun because I oh. couldn't stop laughing at certain lines. So I laughed at the whole time. I think you did. Oh. You did. And you were awake. You, you were like leaning forward into the screen. You were. I had to because I was ready for some moon stuff, man. I was like trying whenever, for some moon. Whenever stuff. I'm into when whenever I'm into a oh, movie, shit. I'll I'll lay I'll, I'll lay back and I'll eat a uh, a you know munch on popcorn. When the movie starts, if you know I'm into it, I'll go full recline all the way up. Just to make sure I don't sleep and just to make sure my attention is on the screen. And I was like that the whole time. And you I were. Like, and I think Rob was just like, when's the moon stuff? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. CMG 2491. Fun question for y'all. Oh, we'll wait, be no, the I judge of one. that. <laughs> I think I skipped Andy. Wait. No, you did Andy. I did Andy? Okay, sorry. <laughs> CMG2491, fun question for y'all. If you could become part of one of the voting bodies of the Academy, acting, writing, directing, or best picture, which would you join? Directing. Me too. That means I would be directing. <laughs> that would mean, that mean I'd <laughs> That'd be good. Say, I'm only qualified for one of those. <laughs> uh, I would I would join the directors. That's the one I would want to have a say in. Mm-hmm. That or been, editing. If, if you're in any of the branches, you then get to vote on the overall awards. It's just that the individual branches set up who the nominees are going to be. Then the whole Academy votes. But the, yeah, I would want to be because then that da- damn Ben Affleck snub for Argo never would have happened. Mm, that's right. That's true. Uh, right. Acting so we can give some comedians the respect they deserve. Comedy's hard. It's hard to make people laugh along with you. It is hard. It's extremely hard. Mm. All right. What's next? Out of time, 1985. Guys, I think we all can agree the <laughs> biggest announcement Paramount made today was about the Blue's Clues movie, the Blue's Clues Cinematic Universe. What? They're no way homing it, you guys. <laughs> tell me, tell me that's true. It's totally true. I love Legit Blue's Clues. It's so cool to see Steve, Joe, and the new guy together for it. Let's go. Th- they're honestly doing that? Yeah. Yep. So you were when you said they're Spider-Man No Way Homing All it. All three hosts are together. All of them are going to be there. Well then. Well then. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I, I know it. I have never watched a single episode of Blue's Clues. Oh, and what? love watching that. Too. I love that. Show I just as like a the kid. dog. I just like the dog. That's it. <laughs> the only thing I saw was about I think about six months ago, mm-hmm. the original host I guess suddenly disappeared from the show. Oh yeah. And then he put out a video years later, like a few months ago, about here's what happened, and there was no there was no scandal. It was just ah, it was just time for me to go. I yeah. he wanted to go to school or something like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember he, exactly. What he's talked about later on in life is he's like, I was going bald, and I didn't want to be on television playing <laughs> playing a college freshman without hair. I did hair. not know that. That's funny. Um, yeah, and the new host is Joshua De La Cruz. Just so y'all know, because um, you said the new guy, but they're all great. I all love right. the show so much. I still sing the mail song when I go get the mail, like an idiot. What's the mail song? What is the mail? Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna whack my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. <laughs> all right. Yes. Now I, I'm Can in. Can you do that as a chipmunk? I'll, I'll watch that. Mail never fails. It makes me wanna I love that oh, this is going to be an ongoing bit. Can you, can you sing that song before we go to our viewer questions every day? Every day. We'll let's go over to uh, Let's record a video over doing that. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. We still got a lot yeah, to get your through. Your chipmunk voice kills me. <laughs> I'm so glad. All right, Andy, whatever happened to RKO Pictures? Did they disappear out of nowhere? Did well, they not morph into something else or they were merged? They, there's been iterations of RKO over the last 20 years where they're trying to uh, bo- uh, uh, utilize their library. But I mean, RKO. There's so many, so many companies. I don't know. Wait. I mean, RKO was founded. Okay, so here's here's the thing, right? It's not. Uh, it's not RKO like. No, 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 no. Oh, it, okay. it is. It is not the Viper. It is not. Oh, uh, okay. No. So, 
It is not. Um, if you go back, like today, you think of the big studios, Warner Brothers, Disney. Blah, you go back. It was Warner Brothers was was there. Oh, uh, yeah, but, but I mean, RKO was one of the big, big, big major, uh, major studios. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it just their their library still exists and various companies have purchased it. I don't know where they're at now, but there have been people who've tried to exploit their form and make remakes of of old movies from the, the, the 30s and 40s. What are they most known for? Like King, the original some, King Kong? King Kong, right? Someone was saying on in the chat, King Kong. But again, I mean, if they did relaunch it, it would be a massive missed opportunity. Because you know every movie that starts with the, the logo and da 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 da, da like so, something that's identifiable. Beep, 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 but if beep, they relaunch RKO, if they don't have some, if they don't have a Jim Ross voice yelling, <laughs> Out of nowhere, and they, if they don't do that, it's a missed. It is a missed marketing opportunity. They massively not ever not, well, not yeah. many of you guys will get that reference, but I mean, it will you be do a missed it now. They have their radio tower going beep beep beep, beep like yeah. the old look people be like, "What is yeah, that? What is what that radio? What is radio? radio?" All right, what's next? Wiley Todd. Hey everyone, I want uh, to know your guys' thoughts on my favorite movie, The Color of Money. Oh my God, Paul Newman, Tom Cruise. The, based like, on the novel by Walter Tevis, it is the it Hustler. Is, it is a spiritual sequel to the Hustler. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it, direct. I mean, the same character. It's it's great. I remember that's that was the first time I thought pool is cool. Pool I never thought cool. that because all I knew as a kid growing up, my grandparents, my no no no, they had a uh, a pool table at their house. So me, and my cousin would go in there and we play a little pool, but we just thought it was a little kid's game because that's what we thought it was at the time. Then I saw the color of money. It's like, oh, look at that. Uh, so anyway, yeah. It's so good. Love I mean, Mark movie. Knopfler did the score and Helen Shavers is is Paul Newman's love interest. And Mar that was really Martin Scorsese's modern. He'd done things like King of Comedy, but doing color of money really brought him back to the Hollywood mainstream. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. And it's it's Tom Cruise is great in it too. It really is. And, and so is John Turturro. And it's not easy to look good when you're acting alongside an icon like Paul Newman. And he did. And he that's Forrest what I think Whitaker hustles seriously. Fast Eddie and it's like, oh, you feel so bad. All right, what's next? So good. Soothius. While I'm happy for a fourth Star Trek movie, I really hope we don't get another villain who's mad at the Federation for directly, indirectly killing the villain's people or being left behind or betrayed. That's that's not just a Star Trek thing. That's a lot of different movies. It didn't well. used to be a Star Trek yeah. thing, though. No, and everybody has to do it. They tried to do something different. I no, but you're right though. That trope is now done. They need to move on in a different kind of villain or a different kind of threat. They absolutely need to move on from that. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Rado. So everyone keeps asking, what's the best Super Bowl halftime show? Here's my question. What's the worst halftime show? Mine is Maroon 5. That was bad. Oh, that show sucked. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hate the Maroon 5 halftime uh, show. I I, it's not on my best yeah. list at all. I think this is going back a lot. I think, I think Gloria Estefan. Did one and oh, I yeah. like Gloria I remember, Estefan. I remember that, but that wasn't a good halftime show. That, yeah, no. now that was that, to be fair, that was during an era when they were not putting nearly as much into the halftime shows. Right, but uh, it's not like today. Was she but, still yeah. dancing with a cat? What's that? Yeah, after Pepsi took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then they, they made it a real thing. The whole like even previews or like announcements of announcements of who was going to actually be in it. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's next? Al Renshaw, Chad. Chef pleasures, not Probably chef meant pleasures. Chef pleasures. Chef pleasures must have been happy with the Halo news. It'll be a travesty if Ray doesn't dress up as Master Chief for the show at some point. 
Oh, find me a helmet that fits this big head. On it. You know what I'm saying? But, oh, Chris you know. says on it. Custom make that. Yeah. Come on, man. You're not to do like one episode. One Come on, cosplayer. But yeah, but yeah. Let's do it. But I, 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 I'm, I'm eyeing this Master Chief's uh, shirt right now that looks like his armor. Ooh. You know, you know, I might get it. Treat yourself. All right, yeah. what's next? Perastros? Good chance the Doctor Strange 2 trailer has some intentional misleading images like other MCU flicks. Thoughts on Professor X or other images being a misdirect? No, the Professor X won't be a misdirect because that would be beyond a misdirect. That would be just bold-faced lying to your audience. Mm -hmm. It would piss people off to no end. And we could then go sue the studio for false advertising. Exactly. Well, they, know, could say, million. they could say, you never saw his face. We, You don't know that was he just I heard his voice like and it. now I'm scarred for life. Money, But, please. But, I mean, there could be like the misdirects are usually minor little things. Like maybe there is somebody else sitting in one of those chairs and they just digitally remove some of these. Like when they do their misdirects, it's it's like little things. It's a subtle thing. Hulk running through Wakanda. Okay, Hulk is in the movie. Dr. Banner is there in that scene. There is that scene in Wakanda, but that one shot doesn't happen. It'll be something little like that. So it's possible, but since none of us have any idea what to expect out of this movie, it's kind of not necessary for them to do misdirects at this point. All right, what's next? All right, Calvin Patel, question for Rob. Since you are a huge fan of Star Trek, are you? We did not know. <laughs> have you ever wanted to get on board with the writing team or producing team to pitch your own idea? <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, back when Star Trek The Next Generation was on, a friend and I did uh, write a script and submit it to the show and uh, it was not accepted and then of course I worked on I worked for CBS for three years creating documentaries for the blu-ray releases of next generation and enterprise but as far as getting on the writing staff I've never written for television I I'm not qualified uh, professionally to work on the show and quite frankly I would probably put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger if I was part of the writing staff of current Star Trek oh so perhaps it's best God. I stay away <laughs> current Star Trek is actually pretty great <laughs> I, I really uh, other than their animated stuff which I'm not really big on all right see I would go the exact opposite that you just did no, that's right you like the animated stuff I'm I think Star Trek prodigy is uh, animated quite oh, good. So yeah cute. there's there's and, two there's Star Trek prodigy which I to be fair that one I did I have not tried yet, and I've heard good things. Is that on Paramount Plus? Yes. And then yeah. there's uh, Star Trek Below Decks, oh, Lower cool. Decks, which I Lower Decks, which I saw the trailers for, and I thought it looked like trash. I watched a bit of the first episode finally, and I thought it looked like trash, and so I just kind of abandoned. Uh, I, to me, when you get when a, a franchise comes down to you're doing a workplace comedy about that franchise, the franchise is overstayed its welcome. It's I a think. it's an animated side thing. I, I know, but still, it's, anyway, it's fine. What's next? Casey Mack, Paramount also announced five new Ninja Turtles movies with four of those being villain driven, whatever that means. Oh, did they? I had, I had not heard that. <laughs> I hope I hope they're live action ones. I bet you there won't I be. I bet they're, yeah, they're probably Aww. gonna be. I bet it's probably gonna be animated stuff. Yeah. Like, the, only, wanna, the funny they, thing is that the, the one they did where Michael Bay produced, that, that Ninja Turtles movie they did, they did two of them. They're the fun. first one they did, I actually thought was actually pretty I good. I them those movies. I like, and then they did the second one with Stephen Amell mm -hmm. as Casey. I think he was Casey. Casey Jones. One. I thought that one, it, not, and it wasn't Casey. Uh, it wasn't Stephen Amell's fault. I, I just felt like the second one took a big dip in quality. Like the first one, yeah. I thought was, was you know, fun and had a charm to it. An and, hour and thirty minutes. Was it like <laughs> an hour and thirty minutes? 
I actually really, I enjoyed the first Teenage Mutant, but the second one I thought stepped down. I want a new team based on surrealist painters. That would be <laughs> kind of where I'm coming from. Like paint, like real painters? No, like like the actual, like the oh, name like saying real the painters. turtles. I like it. That's I've said this before. I've said this before. I will say it again. You want me to get interested in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again? Do the actual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Connect them to Daredevil. The original black and white teenage, the oh, the dark, yeah. violent, the savage. Like, you go back Brutal. to the actual real Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. The not Eastman the skateboard Turtle. riding, pizza eating, cowabunga dude things. You'll get my interest. Go back to the original. They ones. might have to. I'll get they might have to. I hope they do. All right. What's next? All right. Art Vandelay. Hey, guys. I liked the Chippendale trailer from yesterday. Chris, did those cats have the right kind of buttholes? I wonder if they learned their lesson after Cats 2019. Man, everything stays on the internet forever. <laughs> In 2020, bring on the filthy. That came, for those of you who know what we're talking about, that came from an episode that me and Chris and I think Aaron did where, the, what was it again? It was about the Cats movie. It was movie. about the Cats trailer and I just blurted out, why don't they have buttholes? There's no buttholes on these cats. There's no verisimilitude. I want to say I was there, but maybe I wasn't. I'm remembering it. Maybe. Uh, it was just, that was the funniest. It was, that and Soup Goop have haunted me forever where if I do meet people from Soup who are Goop fans of the show, though. they scream it at me. That it hasn't haunted as much as it haunted the people that were working on that movie. That's I'll tell you true. that. Uh, That's true. But, I, yeah, so, but, but what did you think about that Chip and Dale thing? Like, I, I'm like, yeah, it's just I just think it's okay. And we touched on this yesterday the whole meta we're aware that we're cartoon characters or we're actors on a show thing is just really played out and I'm kind of over it and I love Chippendales I, I was a big big Disney kid I loved it so much and like the the DuckTales reboot they did I loved because we got all these fun wonderful stories that harken back to comics and everything too I really wanted them to do a story about one of my favorite Chippendale storylines not let's poke fun about our show existing yeah. Like, I, I wanted them to, you know, do their whole come along, you belong, drink in the fizzy cola cult. I'm singing a lot today on the show. <laughs> wow. I got a lot of jingles. Chipmunks, too. Come along, you belong. <laughs> um, like, I wanted them to do one of their actual stories and show how, like, Gadget is so cool and how Zipper and Monty work together and all the muscle and how they solve crime. And I don't know. This just, hopefully, hopefully it'll be cuter than I think it's going to be. All right. What's next? Elizabeth Harado again. What do you think of the killers for the next halftime show? Mm, no. I love them, but what what have they done lately? Yeah, I mean, for, they do have a new album coming out. Oh, yay. The, here's the thing. It, they, they're going back to the Gloria Estefan thing. There used to be a time when the NFL had to hunt for somebody that had some name recognition to do a halftime show. That's different now. Now it's like right. the prestige. That's the gig of the year. Mm -hmm. And they've had U2 and Prince and Tom Petty and Snoop Dogg. And like they had the biggest of the big. And I I just don't think the killers fall. And it's also, there. they're not lip syncing anymore. You know, they're yeah. actually performing. And like that Prince show in the rain when he's shredding on his guitar in the monsoon storm in Miami. I mean, you couldn't plan that. I mean, that was incredible. Mm -hmm. That was a, and, and this, this halftime show, the uh, amalgamation of talent. Yeah. And being in L.A. and who those people, all the, I, I mean, Dre, and uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale. In my opinion, my favorite Super Bowl halftime show was Bruce Springsteen. It's that a great was great. Set. That was uh, a great one. <clears throat> yeah, no, th that's the thing. They, th those, That's the kind of icons now you have. Yeah. 
playing Super Bowl. Like the problem with getting shows like that and this year with Dre and Snoop, how do you top that next year? By the way, everyone told me that 50 Cent hanging upside down was a reference to the In the Club video. Mm-hmm. And that- I just remember it being, in, like it's been a long time since I've seen the In the Club video. I just remember that it was like a lab and Eminem was in the lab because I guess he kind of discovered 50 Cent or something like that. I I'm so, and I don't remember him hanging upside down. Somebody sent me a picture of him in that hang. So that's what it was a reference. For. Still think it was a questionable decision. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, the horny Ewok. Ow, ow. ow All right, ow, that's a movie. <laughs> Not one that I want to see. Hey, JC horny. and Cr- <laughs> Lord, I wish they'd make a timeless classic category at the Oscars that let fan studios submit movies 10, 20, 30 years or older and actually award the winner an Oscar. This would allow those snubbed movies to get a second chance and bring classic movies to the eyes of a younger, new audience. Similar to Lifetime Achievement Awards for actors. No. You get one shot twice. Yeah, you only get one shot twice. <laughs> no. I, I, I got I to gotta disagree. I don't think that's a good idea at all. Like, those movies, the Oscars mean something. Those movies had their shots at Oscars, did not win them. Now, if you want to introduce, because here's something that the Oscars do. They have lifetime achievement awards. They have lifetime recognition awards. If you know, if the, if the Oscars want to create an honorary category that you know of of a movie that just because you know when a movie comes out, the year it comes out, you don't know how much it will or will not stay in the cultural zeitgeist and all that kind of stuff. And maybe 20, 30 years later, I don't mind the idea of an honorary Oscar being given to the filmmakers of say like the Godfather, like, cause this is a movie that is, that had went on to influence filmmakers for generations and blah, 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 blah. If you want to do a little honorary thing like that, maybe I can get behind well, that. But like say now it's uh, these movies from 30 years ago are going to compete against each other for the Oscar of best 30 year old movie. I don't, I don't like, why that. don't people go back and watch the Academy award nominees from say 1945 and 1952 and, mm-hmm. you know, go back. You don't, I, I, I mean, I think that the Oscars are already there. They've already, they, look at all the categories that are chosen. Go back and watch all those Oscar nominated movies. There's probably 50 per year. Go uh, see those. By the way, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to let people know something here that I didn't let you guys know. Today is the first time it's not at full power yet because I've got other things to hook up. Today is the first day that today's John Campia show is actually being run on solar power. I have, I, um, I did a quick spit and duct tape thing. I threw some solar panels up on my patio roof, ran a cable along the side of the house to a couple of batteries we have in here. And we've got all the stuff in the studio plugged into those batteries, the air conditioner, the monitors, the computers. And today's the first day I'm actually testing out running the whole show off of solar power. It was just kind of funny because I put up a picture of the office the other day and somebody ran how big must the electric bill be? And I said, well, that's one of the reasons why the John Campion show has gone green. And so far, everything's we've got the AC cranked up. We got all the monitors on. I'm very excited about my little project. I'll make a video on how I put this all together in the coming days and show you guys how I did it. But uh, I'm loving our solar power stuff we're doing. All right, what's next? Gone with the wind, 95. Greetings from the shy. What's good, South Chicago? Little fan theory about the Batman throughout the film. Bruce's vigilante will be referred to as Vengeance. He'll mature into the title of The Batman. Keep in mind, there were... 
Keep in mind, they were only in year two. Citizens of Gotham have no idea what to call the, this thing. We've only seen this character called Vengeance twice. I don't know. This joint's hitting two, two. Okay, so the the big, I, I like the way you're thinking. I do, but here's the problem with it. Right in the movie, the Riddler leaves a note, and it says, to the Batman. Right. Which means everybody already knows him as the Batman. Because if they didn't, then the commissioner would look at it as, who is this for? Not to mention, he does run around with a big bat on his chest. Yeah, he's not really subtle. I mean, even Knox in the first Batman's like reading, writing articles about, do you believe there's a masked Batman? Yes. I I mean, so (laughs) I I like the idea because that's kind of what they did both with the Flash TV show. He wasn't called the Flash for a bit. And in Green Arrow, he was... What was it? The the they called Green Arrow. Didn't they call him Vigilante or whatever in the in the first season or two of the Green Arrow or the oh gosh. the Green Vigilante or the, the Green gr- Hood? The Hood. The Hood. The Hood was it. So that's not uncommon that they could have done that here, but I mean, literally, they have a letter addressed to him in the trailer. So that's probably the way they're going. All right, what's next? Riven. My roommate and I have our tickets for the Cinemark fan screening of the Batman for Wednesday the second. Nice. Two more weeks. I uh, listen that. Uh, I am so excited for this movie. I am more excited for this movie than Spider-Man No Way Home than I was for No Way Home. It is my number one most anticipated movie of the year. My anticipation just gets bigger and bigger with every drawing day. March 1st cannot get here soon enough. I can't wait for all of us to watch it. All right, what's next? Nicholas, Crosby scored his 500 yes, goal yesterday. Wondering if you saw Sid, the good Canadian kid, do that. I saw the I saw the clip of it. I mean, Sidney Crosby, whose mom went to school with my mom, um, Sidney Crosby has been like one of the gold standards in the NHL for a long time. He's playing at, he's 38 now. He's playing at the peak of his powers right now. The dude is just incredible and uh, good to see him still win. Only the second Pittsburgh Penguin ever to score 500 goals. The other to do it is the owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mario Lemieux, who I believe went on to score 690 goals in his career. Wow. So uh, good on Sidney Crosby. Also from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, where I was born. All right, what's next? James Ido, when the inevitable happens and John Williams passes away, that will be the biggest Hollywood funeral in history. Can't find any flaws about him. I, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about it. No. Yeah, I don't want to talk don't about it either. Don't put that juju out there, James. Nope. No, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, he is not wrong when that happens, but we all know that's never going to happen. But if it did, if it were theoretically to happen, I don't know of a bigger Hollywood funeral. I, I mean, I, I just, I can't imagine there being a bigger one. They'll play great music at it, though. They will play great music. They'll have the L.A. Symphony Orchestra, the Boston Pops will all come together and play. I mean, it'll, but anyway, nope, I'm done talking about it. Nope, I mean, he John should be Williams. buried somewhere in the Hollywood Bowl. John Williams is going to live forever. All right, what's next? Orange Hand. F. Murray Abraham voicing Khonshu makes me wonder, why do you think Marvel chose to cast a pro voice actor for Erisham instead of a more famous name? Um, The voice of Erisham was great. The voice of Erisham was fantastic. Great. I mean, look, you know my opinion. My opinion is they should always hire voice actors. And also, you know what? I think probably the voice of Khonshu is going to be more emotional and theatrical than Arishem was. Like, uh, when, you have a, when you have a great voice actor bringing that craft to somebody like Arishem, I think you really do need a voice actor who knows, whereas F. Murray Abraham is a different, it's a different kind of a thing. And I think that uh, that Arisham voice was 
amazing. I love that. Who, voice. who did Kay. the voice of Arishem? <laughs> David K. I'm not familiar with other stuff he's done, um, but I can check. I can look him up. All right. What's next? Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Josie? Josie reviews. When the MIT lady is on the phone reading Flash's book in No Way Home, I think she was giving the call to kick Flash out. I don't think Flash's book was that big. I think that's the reason he got MIT. Um, listen, that to me is one of the big problems with with the movie. And I, I that's that's a great theory. There is nothing in the movie to back that up with. Um, she had the book, she was not calling to kick him out. One of the big plot holes in Spider-Man No Way Home is the fact that, okay, they, they, they did not imply, they directly say uh, MJ and Ned got rejected because of their association with Spider-Man. Meanwhile, Flash Thompson has a book purporting to be the best friend of Spider-Man, and he got in. And that is a logic problem that movie. They don't even bring up. Like, Ned should have at least said, as he's reading letter due to recent controversy, blah, blah, blah. Well, then how come Flash got it? Why, why did, yeah. Ned, Ned should have said that. But they just got, no, 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 nothing to see here. It's a it's a massive logic hole in that movie. Mm -hmm. There are several in that. I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. But there are several massive logic holes in it. All right, what's next? I double checked real quick. David Kay, the voice of Erisham. Uh, he's been voicing Megatron. So, of course, his voice is dope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, just wanted to bring that up real quick. Mike Joyce, over under on Star Trek 4, using music again to defeat the bad guys? I hope it's capable. <laughs> That's, that is one of the reasons I hate it. We actually even talk about that trailer. In my, my documentary, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, we specifically talk about that trailer as awful. That is an awful, awful, awful trailer, and they bring in that Beastie Boys music, so, and they never yeah. show because when you watch the movie and you see it in context, it makes a lot more sense. But in the trailers, like, what, what are they doing? Like, it was such a terrible, terrible, terrible decision to use that in the trailer. But anyway, that was just, it just was it wasn't uh, who was it? it was Scott Mance who was talking about it in the in the in our documentary. Scott Mance is like, use that just doesn't feel like Star Trek. It's like having a Star Wars movie and then all of a sudden Led Zeppelin starts playing for a Star Wars. It's just like that's. That's not the DNA of it. That's not it. it, it just, anyway, it plus just, there are better Beastie Boys songs. That's a pretty good Beastie Boys song. It is, but there are better. Oh. There are better ones. No sleep till Brooklyn. All right, what's next? Dun, 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 dun. My friend, you are wrong. The shield in the Doctor Strange poster is the Union Jack. It's Captain Carter's. I believe I said that pretty specifically and directly at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that. All right, what's next? MCP Scotty. When is Cats 2 going to happen? That movie was the best drunk movie I've ever had. <laughs> Boy, it's so fun. It's, I, you know, you can't... Look, a bad movie's a bad movie. And, like, and you see it, you hate it, and you move on from it, right? When you get a movie like Cats, I just can't help but feel bad because the director of Cats is a genius. He's an absolute genius. And when you have a movie that's this legendarily bad... You never wash that stink off. And I don't even know what he's made since. I mean, he went from winning Oscars to that, and I, I don't know what he's done since. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway. I don't know who looked at that and said, that's what we're going to do. Like, when you're making that movie, watching the dailies and all that, there was no one that stopped and said, mm, this might not be working. I'll tell you what, though. they I remember, not this most recent, but it was the CinemaCon before that. They gave us a little preview of it. You were there with me. And Jennifer Hudson came out on stage and sang, like, Henry. it didn't look that bad. 
that the presentation they showed us did not look that bad. But, you know, there's a difference between seeing a presentation and seeing the movie. So, uh, all right. Oh, what's next? All right. From Suthius. There are only three Iron Man suits I don't like. Mark IV in Iron Man 3, Mark 43 in Age of Ultron, and Mark 50 in Infinity War. Top three are Mark II and three in the first Iron Man and Mark Seven when he used it in the New York battle. Well, all I'll say Suthius is good. I, I do not keep track of what marks were marks. <laughs> I mean, I remember Mark II and Mark Mark, Mark III because that, that was just the only ones they had in the original Iron Man movie, which we just covered in uh, Movie Club. But I don't remember what any of the rest of them look like. I love the Mark 43, and it is a great hot toy. Which one is the Mark 43? It's the one that goes in the Hulkbuster. Mm. Oh, okay. Not the Hulkbuster, but the one that goes inside, inside the, the Hulk, Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster. Iron Man Inception. Iron Man <laughs> like Inception. Like a Russian nesting doll. It's yes. Iron Man inside <laughs> of Iron Man. All right, what's next? Owen Lanning, another great love club. Another great movie club? There we go. <laughs> love, love That's club. a new show. Love Club. No, great show. That's Chef Club's show. That's a very different show we have coming soon. All right. Another great movie club would be Batman Begins with the Batman right around the corner. Since it was the movie that drug Batman out of the mud, that was Batman and Robin. Um, Don't laugh. I, I thought about doing Batman Begins. I love Batman Begins. It's a good one. But maybe in, well. Because I hated Batman we before Batman. We can't do two back-to-back -back superhero movies, though. Yeah. I mean, see, that's the problem. That That's why I didn't jump on doing Batman Begins. But by the time we do the next movie club after that, Batman's already released. It does kind of feel appropriate that maybe Batman Begins should be the next one. just so Because that's the last Tuesday we're going to have before the movie releases, I think. Well, At least the March 1st. Thing. So I don't know. We'll we'll think about that. We'll we'll think about that. All right. What's next? Rafael Castillo saw a trailer for the contractor starring Chris Pine as a special forces type and Kiefer Sutherland as the man who hires him. Typical betrayed by the Shadow Company plot, but looks exciting. Uh, uh, no. And look, he doesn't hire him. He recruits him to be part of the the team of the squad of the operation of the unit. But again, we've seen it before. I, look, I'm going to try it out just because I love everybody involved with it. But it, the trailer itself didn't do much for me. What about you? Yeah, I, my only problem is I always feel like that's a bad course of action. I know it's always like, how are we supposed to make ends meet when we fought for our country? And it's that trope I'm getting tired of in terms of movies. We've got to come in an ambulance as well. Uh, yeah, it's coming in an ambulance. We saw it in, in the J.C. Chandor movie that Ben Affleck was in. You know, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like... John Bernthal was in that, wasn't he? I think he was. Okay, anyway. The, was it five? What was it? I forget the name of it. Um, but I'm tired of that trope. Mm -hmm. and, and then it's like, don't you guys do due diligence on who's hiring you? Like, don't you know anyone that you can be like, hey, who is this guy? Come on, there's got to be somebody you can call. And then, of course, you find out, you mean I don't really work for the government <laughs> as they come for their families? Oh, well. All right. What's next? Angela Dashner, who sends in this big old super chat, $99.99. Oh, thank, thank you, you Angela. Angela. Appreciate that so much. Thank you for your support. Thanks, John and crew, for all you do. So husband and I watched Princess Bride and Free Guy for Valentine's Day. What a oh, Valentine's Day. That's, that's, that's a great double that's feature. Awesome. That is a great, uh, that. a that's a great double feature anytime, but for yeah. Valentine's yeah. Day, that's super cute. That's like perfect. Well, Princess Bride, a rewatch, of course, but Free Guy was new. What great fun. Thanks for giving a shout out. Love all you do. Yeah, again, to me, like to me, the perfect, the perfect doubleheader would be Princess Bride with Stardust. But Princess Bride, oh, God, I love Stardust so much. But Princess Bride with Free Guy, 
that's just a good time. That is a good one to do. Next week, free and guy on Disney Plus. Is that what it comes out, out on Disney Plus I think next they week? They said the 23rd or something. Is it not out already? I thought maybe I saw We bought it on YouTube. Oh yeah. Well, how about a shout out for a couple though? I don't know how long they're married, but that will watch Princess Bride and Free Guy. Those are those are those are relationship yeah. aspirations I can get That's behind. Um, I've got to point out that uh, a few months ago, Anne and I, because you know we go to the Hollywood Bowl a lot. They did the Princess Bride in concert, where they played the Princess Bride on the screen, and that had had the orchestra playing the music along with it. It was so great. That's it was such a great night. I think I even liked that night more than I liked our Black Panther night. I did give Elizabeth a uh, a really nice six scale figure of the Dread Pirate Roberts. Really? Oh, nice. Does two different heads, one with the, the mask yes. and one without? Yep. Of course and it she, does. She has the one with the Carrie Elwes without the mask. And I'm like, come on, put them. No, she likes the one without the mask you better. Look at his face. It's so handsome. <laughs> There's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. Be ashamed to damage yours. Ah, yes. <laughs> Wesley, Wesley, Wesley. Rest in peace, William All Goldman. Right. All right, what's next? It's Mel Montoya. By the way, again, Angela, thank you so much for supporting our channel on that level. We really appreciate it. It's Mel Montoya. John, when you were speaking about the potential DS2 theory for, being back the, uh, for bringing back the X-Men from yesterday, would it be a problem because <clears throat> the Eternals would have intervened? Best. Would they have? Um, what are we talking about? Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange too. Okay, but why? Oh, uh, Wanda. The theory that I think was from New, New Rock Stars. Um, the uh, theory that Wanda has already gotten rid of mutants. Yeah, she did the no mutants thing already, and then would the Eternals have come in? No, because they're not the thing that they're supposed to fight. Well, that there, the there's past. two things. The okay, variants. I get. You're asking, would the Eternals have intervened because it would be taking away a bunch of the population? Number one, it's not that big of a number of the population like it, when you consider six billion people in the world the number of like there's a lot of mutants. and would they would would the eternals even know there's that's the biggest thing they have to know there's something <clears throat> happening and going on figure out what it is all one has just got to do is go um, do, 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 no more mutants there's really nothing yeah, the as long as there's no deviance the eternals would be like well, that was interesting yeah mm -hmm. there's there's literally nothing yeah. they could have done and again yeah. you're right it, it didn't involve deviance yeah and they don't exist outside of uh, wanda would have affected them just exactly. as much as yeah. it would have affected. if it's altering reality they're part of it yeah, yeah. So. so no they, they they wouldn't have been involved in that good question though yeah. all right what's next Elmist. Hey, John, I'm so excited for the Batman that I have both a March 1st showing and a March 3rd. I'll go a third and it's really good. Uh, we have March 1st and March 4th. Of course, again, we have our special exclusive John Campia show fan event screening of the Batman yeah. on Friday, the March 4th. Thank you to everybody who sent in your videos for that. We will be in touch if you get selected for an Kevin invitation. Rubio sent you a video. Did he? I didn't know. Did. I haven't gone through all of them yet, so... Well, you know Kevin's going to be invited because he's Kevin. So I don't know, man. He was he called me up. So he's like, I don't. I'm I'm worried. I'm worried, Rob. I'm like Kevin. Well, Kevin's a friend of ours. I think, you know, you know gonna be invited. It's going to be okay. You, yes. you made one of the greatest Star Wars fan films ever. I You're sent in. in a video too. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, we'll evaluate that one. I'm we'll we'll evaluate it. <laughs> All right, what's next? That's six Jim hours, Kennedy. baby, total. <laughs> Jim Kennedy. Hey, John, I got my ticket for Friday for The Cursed. Have you heard or know anyone that has seen it? I like the trailer and I'm excited about it. Thanks. 
I don't even know what movie you're talking about. Which it, one's it's a, it is a movie. It's a, I think it's a vampire movie or a werewolf movie. Something with witches. It's called The Curse. It's coming Somebody's out. Somebody's cursed and there's going to be some spooky shenanigans. Okay, let me yeah. bring. Let me just check this out here because I, I feel like, oh, second, The Cursed. I keep mm-hmm. looking at the trailer and not watching it on social media. Oh, Boyd Holbrook is in well. it. Hmm? Boyd Holbrook, who was in Logan and he was in um, uh, uh, Narcos. <clears throat> and It's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, I I don't think I've seen a trailer for this thing oh. yet. And uh, Kelly Riley's in it. All right, all right. I'll have to go and check out. The, I didn't I didn't know anything about it. All right. What's next? Adam, have you seen the trailer for the Hyperions? Looks like Doom Patrol is directed by Wes Anderson, starring Carrie Ellis. Um, I have. Nope. It, it's the new movie from Ben Shapiro's The Daily Wire. And it stars the Dread Pirate Roberts as well. Nice. Carrie Elwes is in it. And it is a very low-rent movie. It's not very expensive. But the Daily Wire, uh, you know, they, they have, they're working with um, Dallas Sonier's company that made Drag Across Concrete and Bone Tomahawk. So the Hyperions, it did look, there's, it looks fun. I, the poster looks cute. This looks like it's going to be fun and kitschy. Less than zero interest. All right, what's next? <laughs> Raymond Verata. Hey, Rob, after Paramount's stock slide, do you feel avenged? <laughs> it no. seems streaming has become the new black hole for investor money. No. Rob and I were talking about this before because Disney, Disney with Disney Plus took a stock drive. Netflix recently took a stock drive. Dive. Uh, it was kind of anticipated that the Paramount one would as well. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a good time for these guys. Look, it gives me no pleasure to just because I don't like or actively despise current iterations of Star Trek doesn't mean I don't love Paramount's history. And look, I can't wait for their new Godfather series, the the offer. I can't. The documentary series. The 50th, that, that looks great. The 50th anniversary of The Godfather is coming out. And my favorite, most eagerly awaited piece of cinema this year, the 4K restoration of the director's edition of Star Trek, the motion picture, yo, which is going to be on Paramount Plus. Hopefully it'll be out on 4K disc. So please, Paramount, I want you in good health. <laughs> All right. What's next? Daryl Best Wildly. Please keep doing Movie Club. I love the show. I'm telling you what, I'm having a great time doing Movie yeah, Club. It, it is too. so cool just to pick a movie and just talk for about it from like an hour to an hour and a half and just talk about the one film and going back and revisiting films we love and stuff like that. It's then way more of you guys have been watching it than we thought there there would be uh, because, you know, it's not the news of the day. It's not whatever. But, you know, we had 20,000 of you guys watch the Gladiator one, which is way more than I thought would. Iron Man one, we, we great response to that. Just yesterday, we had twenty thousand views on it as well. So, yeah, I mean, as long as you guys keep liking it and keep watching it, we're going to keep doing it forever. All right, what's next? Mason Harris, excited that Star Trek Four got announced. This will be the first Star Trek movie I watch in a theater. Nice. I mean, provided Paramount doesn't lose their marbles and they say it's straight to Paramount Plus, but apparently it is supposed to be theatrical, so it will be the next one we get to see in theaters. And I'm excited for it too. Let's just hope it turns out to be good, Mason. I hope the first one you get to see in theaters is a good one. All right, what's next? Michael T. Hey, over under on Grogu getting a jetpack next season. Zero. That'd be so stupid. Dude, if I, if I got, if I could get a child, if I could get Grogu in Mandalorian armor, that would be dope. That's what I want. Well, he's got a dwarf mithril uh chainmail shirt so i mean he's got that going for him all right what's next our last one here it's just support from irene jobson thanks irene oh thank you irene for sending that in and guys 
That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the Super Chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campy Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Uh, don't forget, a little bit later today, we've got a new episode of Mailbag going up, so keep your guys' eyes open for that. And don't forget to come back and join us again for the next installment of the John Campus Show tomorrow, where I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the season finale, only the season one finale yeah. of Peacemaker. That's tonight, because today's game day. We game hope you guys day. will join us for that game day. Game day! All right. I want to thank everybody joining me in here. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Chris Carr. We got Ray Ora. And we got you guys being here. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>